What's up, July? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Um, everybody in July being the same person. <laughs> hey, what's happening? Uh, welcome to another episode of the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Hope you uh, stay a little bit. Uh, talk a little bit and hang out and see what's going to happen. Ooh, the Matthew Ho show is actually something I'd like to like to listen to. Like, thanks for that heads up. Uh. What's up, everybody? I'm traveling right now, so I almost didn't do a show uh, because it is hard to travel, and I, I have no idea if my sound setup or, or anything's working. And I lost my voice this past weekend at a, a Rage Against the Machine concert that was uh, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, was pretty. It was. It was awesome. Uh, I could have died then and there and been, I, I couldn't imagine another place in the world. I would have rather been, uh, was absolutely excellent. So, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It, it was a great time. Um, I hope you all had a good weekend and, uh, we're chilling. I see Angie's a rage fan, which is, of course she is because she's rad. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, so typically we have a topic that's a little more thought out. Uh, but honestly, I've just been incredibly, uh, I don't, I don't know if encouraged is the right word because that's not really how it feels. Uh, I, I've just been super interested lately in how, it feels like the energy is just different. The energy is different with the Biden administration, with uh, people's approach to, I guess, liberal or well, liberals, liberals. That's really what I wanted to talk to or talk about tonight. Um, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention to uh, America. <laughs> But shit's kind of wild right now. Um, shit is kind of wild. And not just the fact that, you know, you have the Supreme Court uh, basically ruling that the EPA cannot regulate, uh, cannot enforce or make climate change regulations or regulations made to uh, combat climate change. You have the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned. You have uh, the U.S. getting further and further involved in a war in Ukraine. Uh, you have inflation going on. You have possibly an incoming recession. You have unchecked sort of corporate power that is taking, uh, you know, hedge funds that are trying to become America's landlords. Uh, it's pretty wild. And I think sometimes in the bubbles that a lot of people here run in both on this app and the people who are in the Twitterverse or whatever, uh, uh, we, we tend to all say, yeah, we know that. We know all of this stuff is going on. We told you that Joe Biden was going to be a, a terrible president. Uh, I know we had Trump on the other side, which is not better. Uh, but we, we, we tend to kind of accept the fact that, yeah, things are 
we understand when things are bad. Uh, usually you don't see that happening in the wider sort of mainstream. And that's undoubtedly happening now. Um, I don't know how to put this, but if you haven't seen the polls or you haven't been paying attention to the polls of how Biden's doing, uh, it's not going well. Uh, here's a, a poll out of, uh, <laughs> this is so fucking nuts to me. <laughs> uh, one of the polls here, uh, just in job approval for president Biden, uh, this is from Monday, July 11th from New York times and Siena is only 33% approve. This is across, you know, all respondents and 60% disapprove, right? And the same poll found that only 13% of respondents thought we were on the right track as a country. And 77% of people said the direction of the country is on the wrong track. That is fucking bonkers. <laughs> um, I don't remember seeing poll numbers this low, even when Trump was president, which is nuts because he, I mean, that guy, he literally didn't do, I mean, like, I don't know a single good thing he really did. Uh, and that was Trump. This is, you know, the whole idea of Joe Biden running for office is that he was electable, that he was someone that would have crossover appeal, that people would like him, that people would pay attention to him, that people would care, and that he was the one who could unite the country and undo the damage that Trump has done. Well, he's polling lower than Trump ever did, which is, again, nuts. Nuts, okay? The fact that 77% of people are saying that the country's on the wrong track should be a big fucking wake-up call. And you know what I've noticed? Just in my couple of days on this work trip where I'm interacting with a lot of people who are, uh, you know, uh, lawyers and a lot of people who are, you know, quote unquote, normies and liberals, uh, this sentiment is reflected in the people for sure. Like they are not happy. <laughs> they're really not happy and nor should they be. And look, I'm not happy that they're not happy. Right. I don't want the country to be on the wrong track. I don't want us to, it, it's not, it, it's not really pleasurable to tell people I told you so for something like this, but Holy shit. Like I was, I, I don't know if you've seen some of these other reports, but uh, Deborah Messing, who was, I think she was on Will and Grace. They had a call. Biden had a call with some people from his, uh, who had campaigned for him and helped his campaign. You know, some of the liberals who were vote blue, no matter who. And, now they're on this call, uh, Deborah Messing among them, saying, we got you elected, and I don't know what the hell the point of voting is. That, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you know, that sounds kind of like something a lot of people, or at least the I don't know what the point of voting is, that's not something you, you were hearing from liberals at the time, at least. Um. We all heard plenty of vote blue, no matter who. And now that really seems to be changing. I mean, I was getting drinks with one of my um, coworkers last night. And this is about as like, this guy is about like the, the textbook liberal, right? 
he is a vote blue, no matter who person. But, you know, if you start mentioning uh, trans women in sports, suddenly he's got some concerns about the swimmers. Like, what are the girls going to do who are swimming, right? Like, <laughs> buys into all the same sort of culture war narratives. Just really, um, the only swimmer he knows is Leah Thomas. Uh, it's it's like that, right? <laughs> this is who this person is. And when we sat down the and start talking about Biden, his first words were, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's not doing anything. And this is sort of a turning of the tide. This is something I can't remember seeing before. Uh, and it's it's posing kind of a huge, huge problem. I mean, look, this, just to tell you how like liberal this guy is, it, it's a party line with everything, right? He, we should keep sending money and weapons to Ukraine. We should, uh, you know, everyone should, I guess, check the air in their tires, really likes Obama. And now this guy is saying, I don't want Biden to run again. I know that's anecdotal, but judging from these polls that we're seeing too, and if you just look at the number of reports that are coming from within the Biden administration, uh, people are are turning. And that's something that's wild. Like, I, I don't remember this happening ever before in my lifetime. You can compare it to Jimmy Carter, which a lot of people are. Um, but it's not something I remember seeing. Uh, the New York Times posted or uh, published an article on July 7th just set, titled Biden and the Increasingly Anxious Democrats, uh, which is interesting because it notes that in a lot of ways, because of the Roe v. Wade hearing and a lot of the rulings coming out of the Supreme Court, Democrats in some areas are more poised to actually uh, win certain seats in the House or Senate. But People, there's widespread, what they say is widespread malaise is setting in within the White House. Uh, I don't know what malaise is, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> Sounds pretty bad. And uh, I don't know. You know, like, I, I really, there's this growing sense that President Biden is not fit for office. And people are saying it. Look, we've been saying it. A lot of people here have been saying it for a long time. Uh, a lot of people, Katie Halper, Brianna Joy Gray, all these people have, have been saying it for a long time. And it's just rare to see people who are, you know, quote unquote, again, normies starting to acknowledge this. So they're saying that, look, uh, and, and here's the thing. When you look at actually Biden's policies, you can understand why people would feel like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And I don't like, look, he, I'm sure he's a nice guy, whatever. I do not care. <laughs> like, that's not why you vote for someone to be the leader of the free world. To me, you, they have to be effective at what they're doing. They have to get stuff done. And what the reports are that are coming from within the White House is that Joe Biden is a micromanager. He wants to be involved in every little part of every little decision that's going on. But he's also indecisive. So he wants to be involved. He won't let people act autonomously in his administration. And then he won't make the decision. And you can see that being reflected time and time and time and time again in the way that he's been governing. I mean, just look at Ukraine, for example. Like, what the fuck are we doing? And I don't even mean it from like a standpoint, like take all the morality out of it. Take the idea of like 
Is it right to be in Ukraine or is it wrong to be in Ukraine? Just hypothetically, we're not even, I'm not even talking about that right now. I'm just talking about, take the morality part out of it, right? I'm just talking about what are we actually doing there? And if you look at what we're actually doing there, it makes no sense, no matter which side you're on. It does not make sense. Like, look, I'll give Biden his flowers for one thing and one thing only, and that's getting out of Afghanistan. But when you do that, and then now we're just sending more weapons and money to Ukraine without any goal in mind, without any policy, this is a kind of indecisive what the fuckness that seems to be spreading to uh, liberals. People are starting to take notice. I mean, another article from the New York Times uh, says that Ukraine's demands for more weapons clash with U.S. concerns. And so you would think that, okay, the U.S. concerns here are uh, whether we should continue to fund a war that is potentially a forever war right after getting out of Afghanistan. But no, the U.S. concerns in this article are that we would like to ship them more artillery weapons and better artillery weapons, but we have to pull Ukrainians out of the battlefield who are already using artillery weapons, which could accelerate Russia's gains, but we need to pull Ukrainians off of the battlefield so that we can train them on how to use newer artillery weapons so that they can go and use them in Ukraine. What, what's going on here? Right? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's the clash of concerns that's, that's actually being, ha- that's actually happening there. Like and it's, it's, I don't understand. One of the, uh, the, the quotes from that article is quote, us officials say Ukraine could mount a counterattack and claw back some, though not all of the territory it has lost if it can continue to exact a bloody toll on Russia until new weapons can flow in from the West, end quote. Okay, so even the U.S. officials who are over there are acknowledging that they can't take back all the territory that they've lost. What, what are we doing? This is what a commander-in-chief is supposed to be able to decide, right? What are you doing? What are we doing here? What's the point? What are the policies? What are our priorities? And the crazy thing is, Biden is so blatantly incompetent, or if he's not incompetent, unwilling to actually make a decision on it, right? Which would just be virtual. I mean, that would just be incompetence, right? If you're unwilling to make a decision that you need to make because you're the guy, that's incompetent. Sorry, you're not fit for the role, right? And whether that's because of age, whether that's because of... Uh, anything. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care what the cause is. I care that it's so bad that normal people, normal everyday people, the vote blue or no matter who people are over him. They're over him, which is nuts to think about. I mean, uh, Crystal Ball put something up on her Twitter account that just shows some other numbers. I'm not sure where these, these numbers come from. It's another poll. But, I mean, here's the, the breakdown of some of these numbers, right? One of the questions is, do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president? Uh, total, 
only 13% strongly approve, only 13%, right? 20% somewhat approve, and then 15% somewhat disapprove, and 45% of people strongly disapprove. That's wild. And you want to know what the age ranges are, which is nuts? If you go ranges 18 to 29, only 1% of people ages 18 to 29 who are polled in this strongly approve of Joe Biden. Holy shit. 1%. Right? And most of his approval, I mean, like in every age group, the biggest group, um, well, I guess with the the 18 to 29 uh, is the exception here because 37% somewhat disapprove and 32% strongly disapprove, which is still, okay, what's that? 69? Nice. 69% of people who either strongly or somewhat disapprove of, of Joe Biden in the 18 to 29 age range. In every other category, 30 to 44, 45 to 64, and 65 plus, the biggest category of people are people who strongly disapprove of Joe Biden. Now, you could say, okay, that also accounts for the partisan effect. You know, of course, all Republicans are going to say they strongly disapprove. But holy shit. I mean, here's another one from that same post that Crystal Ball made. But she says, thinking about the nation's economy. How would you rate economic conditions today? <laughs> okay. Um, total, total of all respondents, only 1% say excellent. Between ages 18 and 29, 0% said excellent. This guy is fucking up. <laughs> like... I I am just blown away, honestly, by how how incompetent it is. I mean, there were reports coming out of the White House. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm sad. <laughs> uh, there were reports coming out of the White House. I swear to God. I swear to God that Biden and his administration were caught flat-footed by the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade. I'm sorry, you were caught flat-footed? The fucking opinion leaked damn near six weeks beforehand. Six weeks before that opinion came out, and somehow still you were caught flat-footed? How? Someone make it make sense, please. Please, someone make it make sense. And the, the, the failures, again, are so colossal here. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm telling you that the people in the social circles or the work circles that I'm usually running in are, you know, they they are working at a law firm or they're they're the professional managerial class. You know, these are the people who are Biden's bread and butter. OK, these this is a class of people who would go after Brianna Joy Gray and call her like a right wing or some shit because she somehow. I don't know, like wanted Bernie Sanders to win because this this is the class of people. And I'm telling you, I had I was meeting with a bunch of them today because, you know, I'm on this work trip. All of them, every one of them was talking mad shit about Biden and talking about how incompetent he is and they don't want him. And they see the same problem that a lot of people 
uh, a lot of us do, and they don't know who to replace them with. I can't remember this happening in my lifetime. Now, I'm only 33. Some of you who are older, I would love to, uh, some of you who are around for the Jimmy Carter administration, I'd love for you to call in and give us some perspective here. Tell us what you think is happening. But here, here's where I come down on it. I think now is a great time to push third parties, to push for people who can be, who can challenge Biden from the left. Now is the time, baby. People are hungry. The people are horny, baby. They're horny for something more. Okay. Like this is a good, and look, ultimately we're in a bad situation. I don't want to, I want to make that clear. This isn't just some, I mean, look, this guy is in charge. That's still a fucking problem. It's just a problem for all of us. So every bit of incompetency that he is having in office is going to affect real lives, real people in a material way because of his inability to act, right? So this isn't meant to be glib here. I think it's meant to be like, look, this is a dire situation and there are candidates and there are people who we can actually offer, who can offer more, who can offer something different and maybe can actually start letting people understand how things like providing healthcare, things like, uh, I, I, I mean, look, you, you know the deal, can help us start understanding how that stuff is, is desperately needed and how that is really the only way out. That's the only way. Um, unless you want to be, you know, you want to do the fascist thing, which we can do too, but let's go ahead and take some callers. Uh, first caller up, Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Bide. Hope you're doing good this evening. Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing not that bad. It's a pretty day out here in California. So um, one thing that I will say right off the bat, there's things we can do still in 2022 to disrupt the election. If people live in Vermont, they can they can still file to run for Senate or Congress as an independent until August 4th. Washington state has nonpartisan primaries. So whether you're registered Democrat, Republican, you're not registered as any party. If you're not registered, why not go get registered? But, (laughs) but doesn't matter. You will get all 18 Senate candidates, whether they're Republican, Democrat, there's a JFK Republican running. There's a socialist worker party candidate running. There's a Trump Republican running. I'm not even kidding you. It says Trump Republican on yeah. the form. My God. Yeah. But it's, but, it, and there's four independents and two no party preference. So people can pick from 18 different people. And that's not just in the two different parties. So Amanda, say, oh, yeah, sorry. Just no, real no, quick. Does that, is there like a ranked choice voting system in California for that? Or is it, you only have to pick one candidate or a couple, like you get up to five candidates and then you pick them at least, no. uh, you know, what, what's the system like? No, in California is just a, we have an open primary in California. Okay. We already had ours, the Washington state primary, which is August 2nd. Um, they, they will, they will, it's not rank choice. Alaska looks like they might have rank choice for their Senate race. Okay. 
because it says that the top four people from the primary go on to the regular, but it's nonpartisan, it looks like. Right, right. So there are still states where we can make a difference. I mean, there's 28 states that have already had their primaries. So you're either going to have to pick from whoever won, you know, if it was in the Democratic primary, you're probably going to have the establishment Democrat or corporate Democrat versus the Republican. And my personal feeling is if they're an incumbent, they go, period, because they've proven every single one of them has proven they won't stand up to the other people in there who obst- who are obstructing things. So, yeah, sure, sure. You sure. know, th- I, I, it is what it is. I, I, I guess I think where where my uh, look, I know a lot of people are frustrated with electoralism and I am, too. Uh, I guess one of the things that I, I worry about with people being on the ballots like this is that the without pathways for third parties to viably get elected for some reason, even with as crazy as the situation is right now and how, how many people openly acknowledge how bad this Biden shit is going for all of us. uh, They still are reluctant to vote for a third party because they still feel like the narrative persists that third parties can't win third parties aren't viable. I mean, and it's when you see, I mean, look, (laughs) the parties are now between like a guy who uh, like Joe is barely there. Right. And I don't want to talk. I really don't take pleasure in like talking shit about him like that because it's, it's kind of sad, but dude, you're the president. And it's sad that like, I think I'm more sad for people who, have to deal with a president who's barely there. No offense to him, really. It's not it's not personal, man. It's like what the what are you doing? And then the other choice that you have on the other side was Trump. Like what it how clearly the two-party system shit is not working for us, right? If those are the options. It's literally the South Park episode of a giant douche versus a shit sandwich, <laughs> right? It's fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and I think that um, one of the things that I think it would behoove all of us to stop doing is saying that we need to form a third party. What we need to do is form more parties and not yeah. put all the pressure on one group of people trying to get an organization put together because sure. that ain't easy. Right. And Green Party isn't a third party. They're like fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh. I mean, there's more than two parties. It's ridiculous yeah. that. We can only choose between red or blue. And you know what? We can't even really pick right or left because everybody's pretty much right. You know? So it's not even, we don't even really have that much in terms of leftist policy going on. Do you mean, oh, you mean with with the people that are currently in the Democratic and Republican parties, right? Correct. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a shit show. I mean, the, the, the degree to which they agree on for the most part on war, they agree on sort of corporate bailouts. They agree on all kinds of this like shit. They agree on status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like for honestly, if you think the status quo right now is going well in America, then I have a bridge to sell you. Right. (laughs) Where is it? I want to know. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably, I don't know. It's probably already destroyed because we blew it up or something. You know, it's, it's a, it's a mess. Um, 
it's a, it's a, it's a mess. It's, 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 I, 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 but that's, that's the thing that I, I kind of find interesting right now is that even the people who have been so about status quo, so insanely about, I mean, like the guy, like I said, that I went to get a drink with last night when we were talking, he is, he is almost like, he's a nice guy. I, I think he's really great. He's really nice to me and helps me out a lot, but Holy shit. Like politically his status quo-ness is you could not pick someone who is more status quo in so many ways. You know, he's almost like a, a bootstrap Democrat kind of thing, right? A personal responsibility Democrat. It's you need to work harder Democrat. And that to me is like, bruh, you are like, clearly, clearly it's not a problem with people working hard. It's clearly not a problem of like personal responsibility right now. We're not in a situation of where global warming and, you know, all these fucking crazy, all this shit is going on because, you know, someone didn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps hard enough. It's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And he, he is fed up with this system. He's fed up with Biden. He's lost faith. That's, that is pretty, that's telling, uh, you know, that it might be an opportunity. It might be a situation to where we can actually, I, I look, here's, here's where I'm kind of coming down on it, Amanda. Uh, I think, I think we should run a third party candidate, someone like, uh, I know Marianne Williamson's been floated, uh, but I think we should run someone to challenge from the left pretty hard. I think it should actually be a movement. Like, I just, agree. Just I for advertising purposes. Right. Alone. I think we could put together a movement without having to form a political party. We could form a movement like Union of Voters or Voters Union or something where we've mm-hmm. got some, some kind of... There's people. There are more people that are not registered as a party than there are to either party of the two main parties. Yeah. If we could somehow collect those people who want an alternative and who aren't registered to any party, but we're not gonna we're not gonna make a party. We're not gonna work inside the system to change it. Yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna pledge a, enough votes to you if you run a candidate in this district, like in my district. If somebody runs. Who's, who who pledges to whatever the platform is, and you just make it a simple platform: Medicare for all, housing as a human right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a couple of things. I'm I'm not a big giant fan of guns, but that's this country. I think you have to preserve the gun rights. Unfortunately, yeah, but that's yeah. it's a reality because, I mean, even I mean, when I was growing up, my parents in the '70s said. I did not get water guns, no squirt guns, not even if they didn't look like a gun. Yeah. Did not matter. If you were pointing it at somebody and shooting, it was not allowed in my house. So I was raised not around guns. But these days, I think it's ridiculous that the only people who are really trained to use them well are people who are in the military or on the right. I don't know a whole lot of people on the left. Well, let me speak for myself. I am a white lady in her early 50s. I do live in Oakland. But, How but dare you? I know. How dare you, Amanda? I'm sorry. How could you? I apologize for being me in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's right. But I am me, so I do not accept your apology. Okay, uh, no, please keep going. You don't have. You apology. don't have to either. No, so. Stop apologizing. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> oh god. No, no. I, I, but yeah, you I said. Really, just, yeah. 
it's just that things are so electoralism does suck, but you kind of yeah. got to work with what you got. And and the other thing I think is really critical is we need to start talking about what it's going to look like as we go through these hard times, because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, well, I mean, I some of this it. stuff going on with, with the energy crisis that was caused in some way or some form by the sanctions we were trying to put on Russia. And then, right. like, this is start. I mean, like, I was... I was I, I haven't finished actually doing a lot of reading on this because I've been actually working, working, um, right. you know, the how dare to you? pay bills. I know. How dare <laughs> I? How dare I, sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I've, I've been, um, you know, like from what I understand or what I've been hearing about that, too, is that some of the stuff that's going on in Sri Lanka right now is directly related to uh, some of the increase in fuel costs. And oh yeah, for sure. Some of the energy dependency issues that we're going to have with on uh, you know like natural gases and the like are going to increase in the winter, and the fuel costs are still going to be up. I mean, I think on on breaking points today, uh, they mentioned that I, I guess India is buying gas from Russia and selling it to us at a premium <laughs> or at a markup, which what, like. You know, good for them, good but for them. what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is our actual God policy? bless capitalism. That's, you know, but that's, I think that's what kills me so much about this Biden administration is yeah. look, if you're doing something that I just very much disagree with and that's like straight up evil, but it's like at least consistent and you're doing something, I can at least understand it and plan and start trying to, you know, have like a plan against it. This is just. This just seems to be pure incompetence, which is fucking bonkers. And it's from a career politician. Like, what, so what if, is... So, so what if what he's doing is continuing the 19th century neoliberalism philosophy that, that anything that is, is foreign policy must be sufficiently complicated as to confuse the general public so that they can do whatever the F they want. So Biden's actually purposely confusing things. I think the one part about that that I agree with is that Biden is definitely confused. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll say, say that. that. He's certainly yeah. confused. I mean, look, I, but I don't... Writing his teleprompter, right? Somebody's I writing mean, it. It's not him. The The... From what the reports seem to be from within the Biden administration is people are frustrated with both the micromanaging and indecision that he has and his inability to have some kind of coherent plan for anything. Uh, there have been a lot of resignations of, of positions from the Biden from Biden's White House lately, too, which is, you know, like. That doesn't seem like a grand plan sort of thing when a bunch of your people are, are resigning, right? It reminds me of when, you know, when Trump wasn't doing shit, when he's just being a fucking egotistical guy, just saying all kinds of crazy whatever, and people are trying to claim that he's playing 4D or 5D or 6D chess when he's really just an idiot, you know? <laughs> he's just an idiot yeah. with an ego. And I, I there, there's times where people have these grand plans, but I do not think... I do not think this is one of them. And I think there's a reason why people are so, and normal people, uh, not people like us who are, I don't know why I, I, I pay 
so much attention. I don't know what's wrong with us, but um, nothing's wrong with us. We're doing democracy. There's nothing. Wrong I guess with that's us. true. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, Amanda. Thank you. Yeah, we're the best. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't go that far, but we are. No, we I'm are. Going that far. But, we are the best. But I just want to leave leave it on this. I was listening to a podcast called American Prestige, and mm-hmm. um, a, a, somebody named Matthew Spector said that the, that that he thought that the fact that the national interest is stipulated and not debated is very troubling. Because you talk about, well, we're doing it yeah. for some cause. Well, what fucking cause? Can somebody please tell us? Some Like maybe the person sending all the troops over there who's in charge of our armed services? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What is the, what is the stipulate? What is the policy? Why, are, why do I have to stipulate that we need to go and help protect Ukraine from Russia? Why do I just have to just trust you that that's the situation? Girl, or trust the I, media. Right. I, I, I think that level, I, I, here's what I'm starting to understand as I'm entering my thirties and sort of having my, my view of politics just sort of shattered and my, you know, growing up as basically a lib with, I don't I don't know. I don't know when I was growing up, but I, I, I uh, there's so much sort of stipulation that we do as a society on so much that I am starting to think so much of it has to be by design. It just has to like so many of these ideas of like worshiping billionaires and thinking that there's some specific sort of brilliant individuals who should be rewarded with the billions and billions of dollars that they get. I think, I think that's like a psyop at a certain point, right? Like there's, and not even like, it's just, we do a lot of sort of uh, just acceptance of things as they currently are. We don't do very much. Like, ver, there's, it, It's rare that people ask those questions. Like what is the, the nation's best interest? Mm-hmm. Like that should be a fundamental question for a state at all yeah. times. And it should yes, it constantly should. be open to interpretation and reinterpretation and debate and discussion and substance. But, you know, instead, so much of what we hear on the news is just schlock, you know, bird flu. Here's bird flu. Here's pig flu. Here's, right. you know, whatever. Monkey, flu, monkey pox. Monkey pox. Whatever. They're going to run out of animals soon, you Boo. know? Boo. All this... Boo. Are you scared yet? Boo. Yeah. Um, it's a very complicated system that we have that's built over layers and layers and super complicated to even try and understand it on top of that you have media that's not actually journalism they're spokespeople for the government which fine we need government spokespeople but it would be nice if we had independent journalism also yes it would at a more mass at a more massly distributed scale because you know amy goodman and the rest of the folks that are doing their hard work on youtube can't do it all yeah and and props to her because she's been doing it for such a long time before youtube she's been doing democracy now and yeah uh you know for you could say you know that's someone i'm not gonna uh, you know, I don't know her whole history and everything, but she, the fact that she noticed there was a need for that and has been doing it for so long, I don't think she gets her flowers enough, right? Like, Amy, here I are agree. your flowers. I um, agree. She's very hard worker, for sure. 
And the yeah, third she's thing been, is she's, nobody she's an OG. has time because everybody has to have 17 jobs just so yeah. they can keep a roof over their head. So even if I catch yeah. news, maybe I catch five minutes or I get the headlines, but I don't get or I scroll past it on whatever social media I'm on this day. But I don't yeah. actually I mean, I think it might have been more than 36 hours before I knew that the that the prime minister of Japan had been assassinated. Wild, because right? I don't, I'm not I'm not focused in on news. I'm focused in on figuring out how to fix shit but i'm not focused in on that kind of news and that's just disturbing yeah but yeah, a voters union yeah. or something so we can have a citizen lobby because there's so many lobbyists you know everybody puts in two dollars and we would have 150 million dollars even if only half of the country put in two dollars to actually, actually lobby congress really good fucking idea too that's why you have a voters union or solidarity idea. or whatever so anyway, I'll, I'll I'll let Owen or Omar. Sorry, Omar, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> I'll let you. Yeah. I'll let you move along with your evening. I appreciate the conversation. Bye. Yeah, Amanda, thank you so much, and thank you for the insightful. I mean, all of your insights are are really great. I'm going to be thinking about was, this voters union thing for a while. If I was old enough, I'd tell you about Carter. But my first vote was for Dukakis. Sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> outed yourself. Go ahead, Amanda. I appreciate it. We forgive all here on the Fred Hampton and Suites. Okay. Omar, uh, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, bud. How's it going? It's going all right. Um, I've I've heard you call into uh, Brianna's show. So uh, it's good to to finally uh, connect. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I I don't know if you caught um the interview that john bolton did with jake tapper i mean i saw clips of it i can't stand the the guy for more than 10 seconds yeah yeah he said something about a coup that he had helped start before right yeah he said he agreed disagreed with him on some point and he said as somebody who has helped plan coups not here but other places and four years ago a former cia director uh, James Wolseley was on Laura Ingram's show on Fox News, basically admitted, yes, we've done coups, but it's for the right reasons. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand. It's out there in the open. These, these interviews, these clips, these are thugs in suits. Like, I don't ever want to fucking hear them talk about crime ever because they are like the mass murderers. They are the subverters of other people's popular will. They are responsible for so much suffering. And yet, because they're wearing suits, we're supposed to put them up on pedestals. And like all this pearl clutching that happened with, uh, with no, uh, ab- absolutely no proof about Russia supposedly interfering with elections here. I mean, it's just like the epitome of American exceptionalism to just think that we can do these things and and it spans across all administrations, across the two right-wing parties. Um, I, you know, people are just in this abusive relationship going back and forth between these two exes that are that are 
just going to do the same thing over and over again. It's just madness. Um, you know, yeah, people are dissatisfied, the liberals, but I think people just lack imagination. If you're not really of the left, of the true left, people just lack imagination because they don't think it can be done. They don't think that we can break out of this. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like I've, I'm looking at options to leave this country. Um, and I know that's yeah, a very privileged thing. Yeah, um, I don't blame but, you, honestly. Yeah. I mean, look, look, you're right that we're between two X's and here's the thing. Neither of them are actually laying down good dick, right? Both <laughs> of them are, are trash, right? Like it's not even good. We're just lonely. Right. And that's, that's the part. And, and here's the other thing too. Um, you know, the reason they get away with it while they're in suits, uh, you know, going around and interfering in other countries, uh, in other sovereign nations, planning coups, military strikes, drone strikes, just killing people, many civilians, is because, Omar, that's what's necessary for our freedom. <laughs> you, how are you going to be free unless, we're, unless people die? You can't do it. You know, it's, 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 it's fucking wild. Like, look, I, I think it's something about it has become more apparent in the last 20 years, mainly because I think millennials are almost across the board for the most part. Like even the people who are right wing tend to be anti-war just because we saw that shit go down. Like, I don't know how, how old you are, Omar, if you remember it, but I remember, I remember 9-11. I remember yeah. the, I remember how everyone came together and how, how quickly, like, even at the time when we were trying to go into Iraq and Afghanistan, there, you know, I remember seeing Colin Powell on television and talking about having these debates about why we need to go into Iraq and, and this, this, even then, it was strange because it's like this forcing us into war, you know? It was like it – and then seeing the effects of that after 20 years and, and, and being a part of that, I think has made a lot of millennials across the board just understand in, an, in a more intimate way how, how much bullshit – or just how much our, our government just gets away with complete and utter bullshit. And especially after, you know, Bernie ran and we all had a, a, an opportunity to see something that was, and, you know, love, love Bernie or hate him. He offered something that sounded like and seemed like a true alternative to the range of options that you were given by the other two parties. Um, and I, I don't think we'd seen something like that. At least I don't remember seeing something like that in my lifetime up until that point. So, and look, like, when regarding leaving the country, I think anyone who, look, a lot of the people who see what's been going on and have an opportunity to where they could leave have, a lot of people have thought about it. So I wouldn't feel, yeah. you know, guilty about that. It is, it is... It obviously takes, you know, a certain amount of money. I think the thing that does piss me off is, you know, because people can't leave and 
there is, it's not like a personal responsibility thing. I think everyone at a certain point has to like take care of yourselves, take care of your families. And like, especially if, if, if like you're going crazy living here, which I could see, I could see it happening. I mean, look, it's already happening with a lot of people. I mean, every time there's another shooting that's happening, yeah. right? It's, it's, I have a it's people who are going mad. They're going mad. You have, you're saying what now? I have a toddler. I mean, I'm so worried yeah. about her just getting shot yeah. up by, I mean, this is such a violent society and people who are engaging in these mass shootings, like it's just, they're directing their anger at, they don't go in and do something bra- quote unquote brave and like go into like a police station yeah. like some army barracks they go into people who are sitting ducks and it's just yeah it just says so much yeah <laughs> they they're, they're attacking the i don't know it's like they're almost attacking like the 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 existence of just this society itself right? yeah and the system in a way itself i mean it reminds me of um you know and 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 Marx has an interesting way of just looking at some of the effects of capitalism, right? Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make it into a, a huge Marx discussion or anything like that. But Please and do. then you know, <laughs> and then you know, well, well, I, I think the best way to put it is that um, actually, Contrapoints way back when did a video about uh, or a two part series about capitalism too, and and she says, and I, I tend to agree that, you know, Marx isn't even attacking the, the capitalists as like immoral people or anything. He's attacking the idea of capital itself. Right. And I think when we look at a lot of the things that have driven us to where we're at, it's hard not to see capital itself playing a role. What, what do I mean by capital itself? Really? I mean, the profit driven motives and the the degree to which the pursuit of everything and the so many decisions are influenced by and made specifically for the generation of profit, the generation of excess capital. And, you know, if you look at that, I mean, like apply a Marxist lens to, you know, Dick Cheney and it becomes, it becomes harder and harder to think that, Cheney's influence on the decisions to go into Iraq and Afghanistan were not in any part influenced by the fact that Halliburton was getting no bid contracts to supply weapons to our military for those excursions, for those wars, right? Like, and and, and especially when you look at things like, you know, the, the degree to which people saw these issues coming, you know, Dwight D. Eisenhower talking about the military industrial complex, and this is a fucking general, right? Yeah. A, a general of World War II is warning you about the commodification of war. And then we see this, we keep getting into more war. We keep getting into more war. Part of our economy depends on, a lot of our economy uh, depends on innovation that we get through funding for war, right? A lot of the innovations, you know, I think IBM computers or whatever started off from uh, military research that was being done for U.S. military. And, 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 this is stuff that like it's now a necessary part almost of like things we have to do. That's and how they, you know, yeah. 
Oh, and they uh, just to like chime in with something really quick. And the military industrial complex makes it so that every state is building or involved in manufacturing uh, some weapon, uh, something related to the military so that it's tied in with jobs so that these senators, these representatives like it's just political suicide to to go against yes them. yes and that is a that's a problem this is all you know this like like and i know i i say manufacturing consent a lot i know it's it's i'm not trying to meme it into some kind of you know uh, <laughs> meaning nothing but that's that's what a lot of the system is catered to do and i was talking to this liberal guy last night who I was mentioning, who's fed up with Biden. And he still seems to think, or he still seemed to think that like, uh, you know, that somehow it was the voters fault or (laughs) that it was people like we voted for the guy that they want us to vote for. And he still had this tendency to want to, you know, and I had to start talking to him a bit about like, well, look, um, (laughs) say that, as long as it will we'll say, look, say a company wants to make sure certain politicians are getting through. They want to make sure that their guys are the ones that get on the DNC ticket or the RNC ticket. Uh, and they want to do that because ultimately, if their guy gets on the ticket, it's going to be better for their bottom line. They're going to spend any amount of money or sponsor any program or do whatever it takes, basically, as long as it's cheaper to do that and more economically efficient to do that than they would be to um, actually let someone else through who's not their guy and then be regulated or let someone else through who they didn't sponsor and then be subject to a law that they don't like. And I, I think a lot of the reason we have so many of these politicians who are like completely devoid of substance is because it's it's one of the best ways to ensure that your guy gets through. Get someone who's got a nice smile. An empty vessel. An empty (laughs) vessel, you know, like an uncarved block, but not the good kind, not like the Taoist uncarved block, which is fucking sick and cool, and you're like water. You're like, oh, I'm Bruce Lee, and now I'm fucking fighting niggas. Like, not that. (laughs) Like, the, 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 the... the version that is void, willing to do anything, willing to be anything that the moment commands just to be, you know, uh, like puppets, puppets. Um, and, you know, like this, this Ukraine shit, I got to start paying a lot more attention to what's going on there. Because I've, I, you know, it, I've sort of resigned myself to believing in it's a forever war, yada, yada. But holy shit, like the degree to which there's just a loop of like when 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 you have sanctions against the country for their gas and you're not going to buy their gas and then another country buys their gas and you end up buying their gas at a higher price while the first country that you have sanctions against is still benefiting they still you know they still sold their gas then what the fuck are you doing what is it just all symbolism has our entire political system just 
become about virtue signaling, all of it. And it's, it's, I just, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm still just, you know, I'm, I could keep going, but I don't want to keep being the fucking guy who's just ranting and coming to the realization that America bad, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, know? no, I mean, I, I think that we have to be, I mean, we have to start with dismantling all these founding myths of the country. Like, I think that, like, there we're just so, yeah. we're spoon-fed these myths about how great, how exceptional, how we stood for an idea. I just heard yeah. an interview with Russell Brand and um, Batya Ongar Sargon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She I made am. a comment about this country where, that we're lucky because this country was founded on an idea and not an ethnicity. And I'm like, I think Gerald Horn would have a lot to say about that, that this from the very beginning was like kind of the, the, the root of like white supremacist thought uh, yeah. Where, yeah. where people like uh, where England used that tactic to bring together all these Europeans mm-hmm. to subjugate, to steal, to exterminate natives. Yeah. To, to steal people from Africa and yeah. builds the country and wealth that, that's still being enjoyed today by some families and some companies uh, yeah. on the backs of free labor, like that needs to be dismantled because then I think people will start to see how it's connected to what, what the fact that slavery was never abolished. There's the, right. there's the, loop, the loophole of the 13th Amendment where if you're in prison, you're a slave. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, that's uh, the prison industrial complex too. Uh, we could do a whole episode. Maybe I will do a whole episode on that too, because like it's, that was by design to keep that loophole going so that they can keep enslaving people. I mean, like you can track a lot of the reason why black and brown men in particular are make up a disproportionate amount of the people in prison is directly you can draw almost like a straight line from that right um i mean michelle alexander back in the day wrote a book about it uh about the new jim crow yeah uh, which is you know it's it's wild but uh, omar really thanks for calling if you decide to stay here i totally get it and you know my thoughts are with you and your daughter but uh you know thank you thank you good talking to you (laughs) yeah it was good talking with you too um if you decide to stay here, you know, one day we'll have a barbecue and <laughs> All right. just do do a bunch of the fun American shit. Uh, <laughs> All right. Take All care. right. Thanks, Omar. All right. And now, next up. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's Shelly. It's getting more. It's just getting more elaborate every time. <laughs> what up, girl? What up? <laughs> How you doing? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm good. I got. I okay. just got here like not that long ago, so I kind of missed like your opening statements and stuff, just because I had my meeting thing that I had to take care of. Um, so what have we been talking about besides, you know, fuck the Democrats, fuck, fuck Biden? Well, 
yeah, basically. Well, we're talking about how liberals are also somehow starting to turn to that fuck Biden shit. And what yeah. we can, what that means, does that mean anything deeper? Does that mean that there's an opportunity to maybe uh, have a actual third party candidate or uh, offer an alternative to people? Are they hungry for that? Are they more willing yeah. to listen? Uh, so, okay, yes. Yo, yeah. The every single time, the, like this is like literally Lenin's whole theory. Like you just mm-hmm. you sit there and you just continually fucking expose their failures just over and over yep. and over again. Yep. Like the working class is not stupid. Working class, like collectively, the working class is like literally some of the smartest people. They can sit here and they be like, "That's not fucking working." Mm-hmm. Like you can get them for but a we second. Are. Sorry, <laughs> right. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, even yeah. if we're talking about like the Iraq war and stuff like, yeah, sure. Everyone was like really fucking pissed at the situation. And there was a whole lot of support for let's go and do whatever. But working class people will pretty much immediately go like, ooh, uh, not yeah. good. This this is not good. Yeah. They recognize it before anybody like, yeah, what's up? And Biden is just yeah, you know what's up. Biden is just proving it right now that just how. Yeah, honestly, I like I I did not think it would be possible to be somehow a worse president than than what this bar had been set really in a lot of ways with Trump. Uh, And look, I, I don't I don't mean to keep like shitting on Trump in particular. It's just I mean, I do. I'd shit on his head if I had the opportunity. I would shit on a lot of people's heads, though, because, you know, yeah. that's the thing. But um, the uh, – I'm kidding, too. No, please, no. Uh, the, but, no, we talked you know, about the, that. The, we talked about that. It's a it's a, oh, yeah, it's a true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shelly, keep that, keep that secret, please. Um, oh, sorry. But, shit. Yeah, please. These are our private conversations. Um, oh, no, I, I, I think after the failures that – were shown, especially in Trump's response to COVID, uh, his inability to meet a crisis, his the way that he, uh, you know, ha- reacted to the turmoil from the George Floyd uh, murder. It, it's a lie. It's it, it's it was crazy. All you had to do was come in and get an administration that could kind of make sure that the COVID relief was up to date, was happening, was 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 rolling along and you know give people the bare minimum and he probably would have got reelected or probably people would have been like he's the best ever it's that crazy that he his failures are so colossal that mm-hmm. he's polling below Trump ever did uh, yeah. lower than Trump ever did which is insane i mean that's that that is insane right like i i don't know like that has to mean something. And Andrew, please stay. Cause I, I do want to hear from you on this too, for sure. Um, um, just invite him up to speaker or whatever. Yeah. You know what? Let's do, let's do, uh, uh, you cool with that, Andrew here. We're going to do this. Andrew, are you here? Oh, no, he, he, yeah. he's probably, you know what he's probably doing? He's probably looking at the Katie Halper show and being like, all right, any minute now. <laughs> It, yeah. Oh, he said, "Hey, sorry, send me the invite again, please." But also, Andrew's like, okay. you know, he's he's a busy dude. He's always like doing chores and shit in the background, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on. All right, set the end. Yeah. Andrew, what's going on? We're gonna have a little menage a trois here. Oh hell yeah! I, <laughs> was that the Soviet national anthem? 
Yeah, it was the oh, international. national. Yeah, the international. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I'm jealous, honestly. I want to get, I'll like... be honest. <laughs> I, I was talking to Shelly about it um, because we were talking uh, last night for a little bit, and she was like, yeah, instead of your usual introduction, you should just do that. So props to Shelly for <laughs> what, what has turned out to be a great joke. Just, oh, excellent. It's now a thing, so... <laughs> So we can we can send our own theme songs like we're a comedian or like a boxer. Yeah. Basically, oh yeah. no. Nice. But only if they're fucking sick. Like no no mid ass songs. Okay, we're we're doing all sick Actually, songs. Bide, I already sent you the song that I want. I want communism in space. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That was great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Man, this whole uh, Biden presidency. Who could have possibly foreseen it except for know, right? like, all of us who were saying, don't do it. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Um, and, meanwhile, and meanwhile, we are getting gaslit by like ice cream memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like. Who by like K-Hive? Yes. And, and then it's just like, oh, my God. It's just all these people running around and being like, oh, no, but look at such a great face of the empire. You know, he can, he likes ice cream and aviators. Yeah. Like, that, that will make him a good leader for sure. I don't yeah, think right. he's ever been a bad leader who wore sunglasses. Just, <laughs> that's it. Just sunglasses. Not even just aviators. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean, Pinochet was fucking based. Yeah. I saw the, him wear sunglasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, no, no, I, actually, actually, there's this, uh, there's this. One of my favorite like things that I just giggle over constantly is whenever like Putin and Xi Jinping meet and they make them do activities together. Like you can watch them like <laughs> cooking pancakes and riding on a boat and riding on a train. But one of them was that they like show like Putin showed up for Xi's birthday and was like, here's some fucking ice cream. And they just chilled and ate ice cream. So by the by that oh. metric, Putin and Xi like ice cream. So they're the best democratically. Well, they didn't That's have any right. years, so. Boo. That's right. No aviators, boo. That's but it's just, it, it's just, they think that they can meme their way into effectiveness. Here's a, here's a problem. They can't even meme. Like, right. they can't even meme effectively. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck are they doing? They, they can't govern. They can't uh, have any sort of actual coherent ideology. And they can't meme. And they probably can't fuck. All right. I like <laughs> you said, Xi Jinping, and like I, I, I'm pretty sure. Like, look, I don't I'm pretty think... sure Biden's pelvis would break if Jill even looked at him a little hot. Yeah, probably. You know who probably can fuck though? Hunter Biden. I'm not gonna lie. Listen, isn't there I'm footage? I'm not gonna lie. That footage that came out. Look, I, I don't really believe in getting into someone's personal life like that. Like, no, I don't like that. Everyone should be doing their shit. But I saw like a compilation, and I'm not gonna lie. I would fucking party hard with Hunter Biden. And like a heart, like I saw that shit and I was like, holy shit, dude, this guy is a fucking like, this guy is a savage. And when I smoke crack, I have it before, but there's a first time for everything, right? Uh, you know, maybe Hunter I, I Biden think... is just understanding the neoliberal existence and the existential dread that we all face. And instead of getting into lefty politics to save his father's legacy, he smokes crack. You know, yeah. maybe that's what's no, going I, on with I him. Think here. That... Instead of doing like this behind the scenes thing where like some of these fucking idiots in the mainstream media are like, maybe we should resurrect Hillary. That'll work. Like God. maybe we just got to make a push God. for just Hunter Biden to be the next nominee. 
I feel like if that motherfucker was sitting in the office smoking crack and then the abortion ruling came down, he'd be like, give me an executive order. I got to go smoke some crack. I don't feel like listening to this crap for the next couple of weeks. Just drop oh, me an executive order. I'll sign it. Crack instead of abortion. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, if America keeps going the way it's going, I might start smoking crack. Uh <laughs> Why not? Like, look, I, 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 I do. There's something there. I mean, like, what, what do you guys think? There has to be something here with just the degree of Biden's failure, like, and how widely it's being recognized among even liberals. The same people, again, who are the vote blue, no matter who people. That there has to be something significant to that. And if so, how do we leverage it? How do we? Uh, you know, Lenin would say, you, you have to run a candidate in. In every race, just to, like you said, Shelley, point out the failures and also to offer an alternative. Like I, I, if electoralism is just purely symbol or um, symbolic, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. there is an opportunity here to point out the failures and to offer something different. Do we do that? What else can we do? What else should we do? Well, by, by the... The I wanted to let you know you have enough clout that I bailed on Katie Halper's show to come talk with you. Uh, oh, yeah. They were talking with. I was like, "Oh shit, Biden's on! I'm out of here." Um, but I got, <laughs> I got, I got to get to the sweets stat. But no, I, I, um, yeah. They were talking with that can- Green Party candidate from North Carolina, uh, Matthew Ho. Yeah, he's a real one. Yeah, I mean, he seems pretty solid. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about him, but you know, the Green Party occasionally does run like really solid people as candidates, and yeah. it's like the Democratic Party just will do, or whatever party of the state that they're in. I mean, whatever party runs has has um, put somebody in the, um, what do you call it, the electoral com- the state electoral commission or the secretary right. of state. I mean, they're just blatantly, openly, unashamedly partisan, cutting, you know, hundreds of thousands to millions of ballots every single election, depending on which state. It tends to be that they're cutting like the Democrats in their own primaries. They'll cut out any young, poor or black or Latino voter that they possibly can out of the, you know, out of the the newly registered voters. They they cut one point six million out of their. Uh, primary in California in 2016 who were almost entirely new voters. So I think like, yeah, that should be brought up and to people who are like, you know, potentially vulnerable, like right now they're kind of still democratic voters are like, fuck Biden sucks. Like if only Kamala were the president instead or whatever, like there's still some people that are there and and maybe we can't really talk to them. Like unless you're actually personally close with someone like this, but yeah, I think the other thing we need to be saying is actually the system is running pretty well. I mean, there it's it's not like it's it's actually right. having success with everything that it's trying. Like it seems yeah. like so far the the neocons pl- plan in Ukraine is is actually not going how they wanted it to go. It oh, seems like no. also yeah. maybe it's not. It seems like it's also not going as well as Russia hoped it would go. But I mean, you look at the ruble as the strongest it's been in years. So. That's yep. a failure, but Big the time. way they designed that policy, like, and the way their domestic policy is going, they're like, you know, they, they have people on the news right now saying that, oh, well, the only thing we could possibly do 
to fix this depress, you know, recession or depression that we're coming up on is if we could just raise unemployment, raise interest rates, right. with the Fed. interest rates with the uh, Fed, which there are so many yeah. other options. You know, there are so many other. It's it's that it's that uh, neoliberal tunnel vision that yeah that manufacturing of consent that makes them to where they only see certain options. What do you do whenever you see Russia going to Ukraine, starting a forever war? Well, obviously you get involved with the forever war. That's the only way we can do. What do you do whenever uh, you're facing a financial crisis with inflation? Well, you you make the workers suffer. You make you raise unemployment for people instead of, you know, any any other option that could potentially happen here. Stuff like price controls, stuff like, uh, you know. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of other no, things. No, but, Look, but I'm not an economist. To, <laughs> yeah, I will have to but say, though, that these guests yeah. brought up a very important point. If the system oh, is yeah. corrupted from the ground up, you can nationalize whatever the hell you want. It's going to be corrupt. It it kind of sucks. Absolutely. But well, I mean, I, you know, that I, is I, something I think, that we all got to think about. So one of the reasons why I think you have to seize on a moment like this and you have to run alternative candidates. You have to offer an alternative narrative is because the failures of this, uh, of this system are not going to be corrected by the solutions of its own narrative of its making that have produced its failures. Like it's just not going to happen. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to give that all alter- you have to start basically trying to break people out of the matrix as we're kind of in, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I, I, for those of you who haven't seen The Matrix, it is a 1999 movie starring Keanu Reeves. And um, now I'm going to go into the entire plot. No, I, you get it. It's, it, it's, the idea is here that we, there's too much, there's too much, like, there's only, there's a constraint of the way that our minds are basically permissibly allowed to think. Because I don't mean like your mind can't have other thoughts, but if, someone only presents you with two options, then you can fail to see that there are more than two options, right? You might pick between one of the two. And a lot of what our system does is present those two options. This, the inflation thing is a big deal. Um, I would suggest that people listen to Brianna Joy Gray's episode with, uh, from Monday, which I can't remember the guy's name. Who Fidel was... Ma- oh, can you say that again, Andrew? I think it was Fadel Mahmoud. He's a, uh... I don't remember where he's a professor of economics, but yeah, he's, he does a very good, like clinical scalpel sharp type of job explaining a lot of bullshit that people are told over again about economics. And he also explains um, a little bit more in detail how the price controls worked during uh, the the Office of Price Administration during uh, Roosevelt's administration during the 30s and 40s, and also why Nixon's quote-unquote price and wage controls failed because they were actually mostly a wage wage ceiling that was enforced and a price ceiling that was not really enforced. Anyways, I'm going too into it. Listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, and uh, I think he was a professor of economics in uh, Zion, the last uh, human city in the movie The Matrix, <laughs> the Matrix Reloaded and yeah, and the Matrix, Resurrection. Uh, yeah. Revolution. Yeah, I think that's why. Because his you know, his mind was free. Um so but look, I, I, I really Fucking do sick. think that there's a there's a unique when shit is this bad, you know, when shit is just this this fucked up that even people who are staunch defenders of the system are willing to acknowledge it. 
we should, this is a moment to try to educate people. This is a moment to try to break people out. I, I look, and I'm not, I don't know how I feel about electoralism or if it's effective or not here. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a nihilist generally. Um, but like the cool kind of nihilist, that's like, look, if there's no stakes, then why don't we all just fucking do what we want? You know, like, do, you wear, you know. Wait, do you wear sunglasses while you pout? Is that what makes you a cool nihilist? No, 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 no. I'm like a nihilist who finds optimism in the fact that like things don't matter because if things don't Bye. matter, then the, yeah. Bide is the type of nihilist that goes to a rave in a cave in Zion where they're playing like metal, <laughs> where, they're, where they're playing like limp yeah, biscuit yeah. kind of, but yeah, like a yeah, slightly yeah. more chill limp biscuit. Yeah, we're um, a group of. Also, did you ever? Uh, did like you ever watch Batman Beyond? I, I did watch Batman Beyond. Um, they also had that like the club is going to play metal in the year 2300. <laughs> That's right. Because nothing, nothing makes a group of 1000 sweaty humans want to fuck more than some metal. Cause that was then, like, that was the whole point of that metal. scene in Zion. It was just a massive <laughs> orgy. Uh, the Wachowskis definitely have had orgies, right? Like let's, can we all just acknowledge that? Um, Cause in sense eight too, when that was a show on Netflix, I remember I was dating a girl at the time and I actually, we actually broke up because I told her I just sensed an orgy coming on in one of the scenes. And I was like, it's definitely going to be an orgy. And she was saying, no, it's not. It's not going to be an orgy. Stop it. And I was like, no, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's going to be an orgy. And lo and behold, it was an orgy. And then we had a fight and then we broke up. <laughs> Damn. Bite the type That's of a... nihilist. Bite the type of nihilist. Get goes to an orgy I'm without condoms. <laughs> okay, I don't know. What, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with more like vibe the type of nihilist jokes, yeah. and we can just come up with whatever. Look, look. Okay, so July says Katie Hopper's show has started. I, unless other people want to like call in and keep discussing here, which we can, and it's you know it's a vibe thing. Um, Matthew Ho is one of those candidates who is probably worth listening to yeah. hearing his story. For those of you who don't know, yeah. So we could make this. Uh, a short episode if y'all want to i'm totally fine with that uh, considering the last couple of times we've had episodes too i've gone like three or four hours well we got lance calling in too i'll i'll okay maybe well him then i'll go ahead say, and but, hit, um but the the country's hey guys this is what it looks like whenever an empire is spoiling okay this yeah, is the it's a problem so out of whack all right yeah yeah, that's it. It's a problem. Shelly, do you want to be a speaker and then we'll invite Lance and then we'll just uh, see what he has to say? I mean, no, like, what you no, guys I'm, I'm good. This I've, is the first I've, time I've, for me. I've, this you, is my you first played the international so. for me, so I could have just hung up right okay. after that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think your point came across. What about you, Andrew? Do you want to stick around or? <laughs> I'll, right, no, I'll stick around. I I think I'll just okay. really quickly would like to say about like a couple things. One is, uh-huh. can everybody please collectively remember that like I don't know, it was like. Two months ago now, Katie Halper told me she'd be down to do an interview with someone from Morena in Mexico because the party of third, the topic of third parties comes up so much. And like, do we election yeah. or do we election? Yeah. And then she did send me an email saying hello. And then like nothing. And I know I'm a nobody and she's busy, but eventually yeah. like I'm going to give it another month and then I, I want some help spamming the chat. Like have someone on from Morena. I need like yeah. a fake people gallery, but also... There's like um about the do we collectively go to listen to Katie Halper show or do we stay here? I'm cool with either, but I feel like 
your show, first of all, I'm pretty sure your show was a little bit of inspiration to start my show because I'm like, well, there's actually all these people on Colin who have interesting things to say. We live all over the country or multiple countries. And yeah. uh, like we could go and get our 15 seconds of fame on Katie Halper's show or Bree's show or whatever, which occasionally is really worthwhile. But a lot of times I also find myself just being like, oh, I got to say something good. Or like, oh, yeah. I had a point I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, like, I think that's that's kind uh, of an issue with, with I, I mean, look, the parasocial relationship, especially when someone has like 500, however many people calling in. Uh, and Lance, I promise I'm going to get to you. Um, I'll finish this point real quick. But I, I think that relationship can kind of make us feel like people, especially when people are actually really good at what they do. Like Brianna is clearly very good at what she does. She's very smart, very quick, very good in an argument, asked pointed questions the whole nine yards. She's not taking anything away from her as a person uh, or, or a, a person who does what she does. But there's a tendency that we put people on pedestals where everyone shits. You know, everyone fucking probably watches some kind of weird porn or has some weird shit about them. Like people are just human beings and you are like, I do feel like the culture or the, the, you know, the, the cult of personality that we assign to people is really to the detriment of all of us. A lot of the times, like they are just a fucking person. I mean, that is it. Everyone is just a fucking person. We are all people. I think once we realize that, then we also realize that we as flawed or incomplete or whatever people also have power to do things, are also good enough to just try shit, are also good enough to believe that we can actually start something different, that we can change our situation um, or, you know, start a campfire like Andrew seems to be doing. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the that's kind of, you know, don't, don't get too caught up in starting to believe in celebrity as it is, because there's, that's sort of a, it has a way of sort of manufacturing our consent too, and manufacturing your consent and your beliefs about who you are, or what you are, like, who gives a fuck? Everyone dies, everything fades, like, we should be what we are while we're here and not have some kind of like inferiority complex about shit just because, you know, someone doesn't like what we say or like, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like we're all people, totally people, Lance, get in here, buddy. Get in here, Lance. What's going on, man? How you doing, B-Day? Okay, man. I'm doing good. What's, 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 what's popping? How's the ladybug? Yeah. Great, man. I mean, you know, you're, Great. I actually took that picture inside my house, and I also took a picture of a uh, praying mantis. Wow, cool, right? But what are all these little tiny critters? So uh, you know that that these guys are feasting on it inside my house. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I live in the country. I live in the country. It's a solid house, but it's got all kinds of nooks and crannies for every little critter and mite. So I don't mind. Yeah. What the hell? I might yeah, not be a Hindu, but different bugs there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's amazing is we get all kinds of birds and stuff. I was talking to Andrew about this. All these little birds yeah. nests everywhere. It's amazing. And like yeah, brother. a couple times, they they uh, they get scared away because I was doing early gardening, and I scared the mama away, and the eggs were still there a few months later. Oh, shit, I scared them away. Meanwhile, this year, a nest right outside the door of my deck. I'm like, oh, crap. I, I'm going to scare them away. 
I look later, yeah. I can send the picture. Four of these little birds in this little tiny nest. Amazing. I get bird's nests oh, all over. Snap. Snap. It's really? very cool. Damn. Hell yeah, Lance. Yeah. See, see you know, scary. and I didn't scare him you away. Been, you should have both, been both. sad about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but you're speaking my language. First of all, how much do you charge an hour? I'm going to try to monetize my gig here. I'm serious. I mean, okay, I know yeah, I, yeah. I need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need a lawyer, and they don't have to be a fancy lawyer. What kind of lawyer? What, what's going on with it? What? What? Okay, let's let's. Talk well, I'm gonna draw. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm desperate to do a podcast, right? So I need a tech person. Okay. I'm gonna have to go to Geek Squad. I'm gonna have to find a way to get Wi-Fi. All that's on my end. Okay, but those are all things that lawyers don't do so far. But I. Will, I just I said no, no, no. Time. I'm gonna need to get a tech guy. But what I also okay. have to do is, I'm gonna start a uh, some kind of mutual aid network, and it's okay. got to be totally transparent. It's got to be, you know, all that. I don't know whether to do it as a 501c3 or how that all works. I also yeah. am going to do like a podcast. I want to monetize, you know, do a cross app thing with my whoever this tech person magically will be. But one thing I'm going to need is, and I guess I could paralegal it myself, but what's legal, what's not? What can I put up that there's, 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 you know, a public domain. There's stuff that people don't mind if you don't monetize it and say, look, this is a segment. Don't send or whatever. How do how any of that work? So I'm going to seriously need a lawyer. And I don't expect okay. pro bono, okay. but if they're a lefty, that helps. I have a public defender for some traffic bullshit, but he's not. He doesn't do that. <laughs> no, it's traffic. Yeah, you know, I you said, know. gee, uh, you want to make some money? I know public defenders make zilch, but yeah. I'm poor I'll enough to get it's just traffic. It's just traffic if, stuff. If you, What's that? If you have like a traffic ticket or even in criminal court, and this is not legal advice. Don't take this as legal <laughs> advice, people, but take it as advice from good old Bide who you know from Colin, right? Uh, public defenders typically fucking rock. They're very, oh, I've had great. very, very good when it comes to trials. They tend to be. The ones I've worked with, I've worked with public defenders in Cook County. So I used to, uh, I used to be at the, the Maywood Public Defender's Office. That's where I interned for a little bit in law school back when I was a wee little, a wee little boy. But I, 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 there were some public defenders there who were so fucking resourceful and so good. It was, oh. it was almost disgusting to watch. It was like, it was like, mm, mm. like, I'm serious. Like it, it changed my whole life in, in, in how I thought about the law and how I thought about people. And I, I kind of regret not going that route. Although I, I suppose I could now because God damn, I, there was one, I mean, so many of them. I saw a public defender once and then I, I swear I'll shut up, but I, I saw a public defender once who, we're on this trial, and it was this whole – this woman was being accused of, like, stealing from the place where she worked at, from the register. And the cops had basically told her she was pregnant at the time, and the cops had – took her into an interrogation room and said, hey, if you have to confess to this or we're going to take that baby. You're not going to be able to see your baby because you're going to be in jail. Is that what you want, to give birth in jail and then have your baby? Whatever, right? And that was a big part of the, the case that was put on, and the prosecution – when they're doing their closing arguments, right? Because this is how it works. Here you do an opening argument where you get to talk to the jury, both sides, and then you present all the evidence, and then you have your closing arguments. And in the closing arguments, uh, the prosecutor was showing all this videotape stuff. They had all these like graphs and all of this like stuff with them, like all of these gadgets and gadgets and hooplas. Oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, but I think okay. Lance, you might want to change okay, your Lance, connection. Yeah, it might be on you. 
but anyways, the prosecution has all this stuff, all this gear and all this stuff that they're using to try to say, and that's why she's guilty, right? They're showing videotapes, they're pointing to graphs, they have all this specially made stuff. And the public defender at the time, you know, the prosecution rests, they rest their case in chief. The public defender, his name was Roger, and he gets up and he takes a, a highlighter and he's got just this manila folder, just one of those folders that you just open up, right? And he's looking down at the desk and he just goes, you know, I'm just a public defender. I don't have any of these videotapes. I don't have access to any of these funds to do this. You know, I don't, I don't have any special graphs or anything to show you, but I can show you this. And he just holds up the manila folder and gets up and shows it to the jury. And it just says reasonable doubt on it. And I fucking, my shit, I was like, let's go. Like, and she was innocent, found innocent. He won. Right. Well, well, I mean, she wasn't found guilty. So not guilty. It's not the same, but she she was not charged the charge is going to go through and like shit like that like to understand your audience well enough to and the jury well enough to understand like how to cut through all that bullshit and then get to the thing that really matters really only comes with people with experience so this is now a public defender uh stand club uh that's what this is anyway that's that's thank you for coming to my ted talk Lance, what do you think about liberals? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had, I've had, I've had all kinds of experience with lawyers, and I had a public defender named Ben Raven. He wound up specializing in biker stuff. He was the best lawyer I ever had. And I paid twenty five hundred for a shitty lawyer. So paying for lawyers oh, yeah. doesn't all, you know, it's all been traffic shit. I'm, I've no, you know, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom worked at the DA's office for seventeen years. I got to know some of the judges, some of the DAs, some of the, uh, you know, public uh, the lawyers. My best friend yeah. Wanda, I didn't meet him there, but who uh, was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been in and out of that. Like anybody, after a certain number of years, you got some, you know, you touch base with the legal system. I got something going yeah. on now. You can't believe it. I got Judge Roy Bean for a lawyer. But like I, there was a judge, just to, just to, to respond to that very, very briefly, a guy named Judge Merrill. And anybody who had a court case, oh, that Merrill, really tough. He used to have lunch with my mom, a far right kind of, a pretty far right conservative. My mom's definitely liberal, whatever. But they used to have lunch together, mutual respect. He uh -huh. sat in court once when I was there for a whole bunch of traffic stuff, crisscrossing the country, so it became a misdemeanor. <laughs> Failure to appear. I was living in New York, Arizona, blah, blah, blah. I come back to court. I have to deal with this shit. He says he's got these guys in the orange jumpsuit, right, with, 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 with handcuffs on, you know, because they're first with oh, the lawyers. Shit. Then there's people who have lawyers. Then it's the third. You know, they get them in order. So I had to sit mm -hmm. there for the whole time because my lawyer wasn't always there with me, so I had to just sit there. <laughs> I got to see a whole shitload of shit. You know what this conservative lawyer says? He says to the guy in the orange jumpsuit, he goes, did you break out of uh, jail here uh, last week and go sell more crack at the same place and then break back in, sneak back in? No, <laughs> no, Your Honor. He did this three or four times. This is what this conservative judge said. Guys, let me people. Let me explain this to you. This is what they do. They get arrest for the local cop. Then they get the state police. They put a different date. Then they get the sheriff. Then they get the DEA because they have a federal building there, you know, for the FBI. Everybody gets the same arrest. But you know, in open court. In open court, this conservative judge, and that's why, be you know, uh -huh. you can't always say that the liberal versus conservative. This is a conservative guy. I mean, he's a, probably a Trumper for all I know. Not a QAnon tinfoil hat, but definitely all Republican all the time. 
And this guy was very fair. He was pointing out how fucked up the system is. And this guy was stern but fair. Now, he didn't like to see me because it's like, dude, you got no excuse. I know your mom. And I know you were raised right. So (laughs) I didn't want to see him either. But, you know, the guy was totally fucking fair. And that's all I care about, speaking of liberal. Okay, that brings me to the point. Red ham. (laughs) No, seriously. Full circle. No, no, no. No, No, because, you know, everything ties to everything. I'm a liberal arts major. Okay. You got to reach out. Now that everybody realizes they're all catching up, it took me a little bit. Ralph Nader, not a dime worth of difference between the parties. They said this in 2000. I said, maybe there's 15 cents. No, he was right. He was right. I was wrong. He was ahead of the curve. Now, where we are now, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere dragging people from the conservative side to our populist ideas. We're going to have to work with conservatives. And guess what? We're going to have to work with conservatives sometimes on their terms. Guess what else? The liberal progressive idea, even when it overlaps on the Venn diagram with populist working class stuff, sometimes the conservative idea, even if it's outside of the mutual, you know, things in common, populist Venn diagram, sometimes the liberals will have the better idea. You know, they're not always going to be. Do you think what what do you think about liberals right now? Do you think what do you think about them? There are no such things. They don't exist. Um, Okay, I'm. The left. Yeah. But I mean, oh, shit the libs, they all what, suck. What do you mean? What do you mean? Shit libs? You're, any of them. All of them. Even okay. progressives. Okay. They're all full yeah. of shit. Do you okay. Think, in other words, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, right I'm a, what, do you think now that they, these people, whatever you want to call them, are now thinking or having a lot of regret about Biden and are trying to a lot of them are open that he shouldn't run again. Do you think that presents any opportunity to shift the conversation over to, I don't know, something that's a little more substantial with our politics, right? Uh, no. Questioning of the yeah, system yes itself. And no. that yes and that. No. Okay. Okay. Let's go with the yes, yes and first. No. Why do you think the yes? Well, for one thing, SCOTUS. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay, I don't think so, they. I don't think they get it. I don't think they get it. I no, don't think don't, that yeah, they realize yeah. that the libertarians, that the Rand Paul. You know what Rand Paul's going to do if they try to come down on people? He's going to do another one of his little filib. And I, I can't stand Rand Paul on ninety-eight out of hundred issues. He's like the yeah. classic schizophrenic libertarian. He did a one-man filibuster. There was no law. It was an unofficial filibuster. Yeah, I remember a, that. A law. Yeah. About mass incarceration. Fuck, about mass in fucking incarceration, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll tell you what. I think with SCOTUS in particular, they're going to face a lot more. I think their real threat at this point is the same threat that people like Joe Biden are facing, which is the delegitimacy of the system, right? The people well, who yeah. are in it. Like, look, SCOTUS is obviously a political body. They're obviously making political decisions. They're 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 completely <laughs> divorced from the concept of like uh you know starry decisis and these things that we've that we've come to sort of uh observe that kind of make the court seem more legitimate but now that they're just more blatantly making these more political decisions and just completely rejecting all principle they're losing people in the same way that Biden are losing people or is losing people, right? It's, 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 well, yeah. People don't, and, 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 you know, you know what, yeah. you know what's fast? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's fascinating about that, too? It's yeah, something sure. that these guys, they don't, they don't read their own, they don't read their own words. They don't read, you know who's very interesting is Scalia. Because I can't stand Scalia. Scalia. 
because he's too fucking smart. Now he created originalism, but once you give him the premise, yeah, he's really yeah. smart. He's brilliant. He's, you know, he's you smart, can hate Scalia all you want. The, the, the thing with Scalia is he's very good at making you think that uh, he's doing something objectively or he's applying something objectively, but he 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 hit his politics well, right? Um, do you agree, little doggy? Oh, sorry. I, I forgot. Well, yeah, no, you know what it's like? Do Boy, I do want to jump back in the pool pretty soon yeah, here. Though. Yeah, Andrew, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to what, what cut you, you off. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep it quick. But I, I was thinking a couple things. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there there has to be a use, right, for for making the, the best, like, by what you said earlier, like, uh, with um, with a public defender cut exactly yeah. to the nuts and bolts of the, the legal argument and the, yeah. the process of the jury. Um, right. I think there's such a utility to us doing that with these issues, workshopping on here. Well, like, okay. Um, 2022, uh, the Senate and house elections are going to happen soon. 2024 right. is around the corner because we campaign for all of eternity in the United States. Um, so what are we going to say there? You know, right now the, the, the Green Party has ballot access in 30 states or less. And it's like every time they get yeah. one, they take a step yeah. backwards, like what happened with Matthew Hogue. So what are we going to yeah. say? I, yeah. I think um, I think that in general, if you're not close with someone a little bit, like your coworkers, you could shoot the shit. Uh, you've known each other forever. It's like we could we could we could do so much on social media that could potentially reach a lot of people. Yeah. And they might think, yeah, well, you're right. The systems are illegitimate. They don't yeah. function even-handedly. They don't function fairly. They don't even function well, even if yeah. they're functioning unfairly. But a lot of people are going to say, well, it'd be nice if we had something else we could do. Uh, but there's no other option right now. Like, I don't know if you guys saw on Rev- Revolutionary Blackout Network, I think um, CJ was making some points about Matt Letch on – the majority yeah. report and Sam Cedar saying, well, you're fucking stupid if you don't vote for Democrats because there's nothing else on offer. I think yeah, one of the that, things that, we need to cut to yeah. right now is, well, first of all, I think it's better to not vote for Democrats, even if it's true, there's nothing else on offer. But it, that's not the yeah. case. There are other candidates. Um, Amanda, who I think is in here. No, Amanda's not in here. Amanda made a spreadsheet that she's still updating of every single Senate yeah. race and House race, um, and her idea is like no incumbents and also third parties first. Um, yeah, she was so, talking about that yeah, earlier. Well, could I? Could I? Could I just? Could I just? Could I jump in again here for a minute? Because I'm, you know, sure. first of all, it's not going to happen on social media. It's not going to happen until you go door to door. And I do this. I agree. Know, to the extent that I can, I can't really. I, okay, I, so I in other words, when I when I when I'm in a truck, when I had a I had a, my car towed. You know, and I had a mm-hmm. Trumper right next to me. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Captive audience. Mm-hmm. We went at it a little bit. I mean, we went at it. First, I said, I hate both parties equally. And the Democrats are more hypocritical. So I hate them all. Well, with old Trump and mm-hmm. Trump, I'm like, and I had to uh, relate to what his world is. He's a truck driver. He's a AAA truck driver. Was I going to talk about yeah. cultural issues? And, you know, no, of course not. He don't give a fuck. I said, workers, just like you, that did the nuts and bolts work for Trump, and he would get a multi-million dollar, the guys that you were the big contractor, and he was screwed a big contractor, so that the subcontractor and a little guy like you wound up getting 50 mm-hmm. cents on the dollar. Trump hates you. 
You see what I mean? Yeah. I talk directly yeah. about that to what he knows about. You know, and it's like it's like Budweiser. They do different ads. They do inner city ads with jazz clubs yep. and black folks. They do pickup trucks in the country <laughs> with rural folks, right? And they yeah, do suburbanite, right? suburbanite <laughs> Levi wearing pool parties. They have a pool party, a pool party oh in suburbia God, where yeah. nobody swims, and they do all that yeah. shit. See, yeah. this is the thing. Yeah. I want to talk about Second Amendment. I want to talk about Fred Hansen. I want to talk about you know, like I'm 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 peaceful, but I'm not harmless. And it's like, folks. No, yeah. no, yeah. I, with all the spreadsheets, I'm sorry, and all the yeah. bullshit. Here's what I'm trying to do, and I'm sorry. What I'm trying to do is say, okay, everybody on calling, let's all put our stuff together and figure out who's going to do what, and let's do it, let's make it happen. Right. And it's like crickets. They're like, yeah, man, yeah, right. man, you're the best. Right. Then I say, okay, guys, and I, I text this one, and I text that one, and we change phone numbers, and it's like, I don't know. There's nothing there. It's all crickets. But now, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you something. Right. Can right. I finish? Can I have another two minutes for my rant? Well, well, I got something that's directly related to something you said, though, too. And then, you know, can you remember the two minutes in just a second? Let, let me let me just say with with, you know, well, I'll remember it, man. This is uh, etched in my brain. Don't okay. go ahead. OK. Yeah. What, but what was what Amanda's doing with that spreadsheet? Isn't that part of the equation as to starting to know how to target things like, look, there's there's some logistics work that is necessary to do a campaign. Right. Like it's I, I've been working with the DSA a lot in Chicago and they got their issues. Yeah, but what I'm saying, Beaton, I'm sorry, I'm going to call they, spade they, a spade. I've texted stuff. Amanda a million times, said, come Lance. on, let's get together. Why is it she Lance. texting me and say, hey, man, help me with my thing? I'm sorry. I'm Lance. I'll, I'll mute. Lance, going to okay. take a longer breath. <laughs> I fucking love Lance, though. I do, I'm, too. I, I got no problems <laughs> with Lance. I just am occasionally like, hold the fuck on, man. You were just going to yeah, wait yeah, for a yeah, second. Yeah. yeah. But here's so, so I mean, look, and the fact that someone doesn't text you back doesn't necessarily mean that that's I don't know. Like, there's so many reasons. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to touch that. Actually, <laughs> what I, what I listen, really B-Day, you know, go ahead. Well, hold on, Lance. Hold on. Yeah. But with the with the DSA in Chicago, I'll just give an example. I don't know how everyone feels about them. I don't know how I feel about them or felt about them. But I'll, I'll say I, I started volunteering or, or going to some of their meetings. And there was just all of this fucking infighting, infighting a lot of bickering, a lot of bullshit. But one thing, like somehow or another, they always got their shit together enough to where the person who's supposed to do the spreadsheets for door knocking is doing the spreadsheets and people are out there knocking doors. Because at the end of the day, you know, getting the Chicago rescue plan passed or on the agenda for the legislators was more important. And I've kind of seen their ability. I've seen people actually convert what is just like, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, frustration with the system into actual action. Like I was w- helping with uh, a guy named Anthony Quisada for his campaign for a cook, something called a Cook County Commissioner. And they're kind of the county board that rules on, I don't know, there's certain things, there's like certain funding that they actually rule on, which would affect, uh, you know, they would be able to fund things like healthcare programs for, for uh, homeless and poor people in Chicago. Could, and could I respond we, to that specifically? We did that whole thing uh, just in, in one, just one second, but it, we we did that whole thing just uh, sort of piecemeal, just through a bunch of people working together with uh, everyone utilizing different skills as it came about uh, and as they were needed, and that's kind of restored some of my faith in in some ways, and just you know the. I don't know. Like, like, I guess that's another reason why I don't want to have like heroes or I don't think you have to be anyone special. Like you just have to 
not quit and do something. And just if you fail, you okay. fail. But like, yeah, yeah, there's nothing, you know, the door to door thing was a huge part of that campaign and people came out. Anyways, what'd you have to say, Lance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if there's a DS, if there's a DSA candidate, you know, and I don't know anything about the candidates and there's DSA and there's Republican or Democrat, I'm voting for the DSA person every damn time. But I'll give you yeah. an example where I voted. There wasn't, there wasn't a third party choice, but I voted for a Republican. And she was anti, she was not good with unions, but you know what she did? She said, I'm going to buck the system. She was a, just like a second generation, like local pal, you know, mm. very much in the machine. And she bucked them. <laughs> she did openly. I like that. But yeah. then specifically, there was going to be a massive, there was going to be a massive, um, um, need that by law, they yeah. had to, they had to build, uh, like a, 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 a municipal waste disposal place or, uh, accumulate 50 million gallons a year with rooftop gardens and she did the latter and she did the environment. I voted for, I pulled the Republican lever, but here's the thing. Yeah. DSA. And when you say she, they denounced, the they when you say she fucked the system. What do you mean? She was second generation. Her father, her, her, um, you know, father. Yeah. Was the head of the Onondaga County, uh, you know, machine Republican. You know, uh, machine. So, okay, for so she's decades kind of, well, and decades. How she, how she, she was a daughter. Because she said to hell with Republicans. They're screwing everything up. I'm going to work with Democrats. I'm going to do my own thing. She became the county executive and she said, screw okay. them. And she was okay. pilloried. She was excoriated. We don't want her. Da, da, da. She said, too bad. I'm going to do it. You know, now she, she wasn't great on unions. So she was a Republican, but the Democrat was running against her. I did he was a piece of shit. Just a local guy who was like propped yeah. up. It was his turn. He was old. He was like a Biden. I yeah. voted for her because of the fact that she was going to do this very important thing where instead of a municipal, uh, another municipal sewage treatment plant, which was going to be built right next to coincidentally a very poor neighborhood and a rescue mission. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. So instead she said, no, we're going to divert all these millions of gallons of water, et cetera, et cetera. And she did it. All right. All right. The point is, yeah. is that DSA, absolutely I'll vote for. It. But you know what? I'm looking at the fact that, you know, we talk about social media. Absolutely. As a secondary thing. Absolutely. But here's the thing. Without any social media, in the run up to such a splintered country, a couple of dozen people in Wisconsin said, let's form the Republican Party. Six years later, Lincoln got elected. And they did it with ruthless mm. politicizing. They didn't do it by being nice and having nice debates with Frederick, Doug Frederick Douglass, who was uh, another side of the same coin. He wasn't exactly that radical. He did it by being ballsy and by, you know, doing whatever they had to do. And when he was president, he usurped the powers of the presidency more than anybody since Trump. Okay. So wait Frederick Douglass. Okay. You, you, well, wait, can I, can I just finish the point? Though, he was talking off Lincoln, detail? I think. Okay, what I'm saying that, is yeah. absolutely working families, Green Party, great stuff. But if you can't work across the aisle, we're doomed. That's it. We're doomed. And this is what Christian yeah. Smalls did. And you know what? It's like yeah. this. Okay, it's going to be how many people do we get together on the same page like RBN's doing? Okay, RBN has great ideas. Amanda has great ideas. Andrew has great ideas. But why aren't we doing an, an RBN of our own? I want to get together with a mutual aid network that raises millions of dollars. There's a refugee guy in, in, in Italy that I love to convince people. He got put in jail because he transformed an entire town and he pissed off the Italian authorities because he got refugees from all over the world and got them jobs, et cetera, et cetera. It's oh, like, I got great idea. ideas. My ideas, wait a minute. My idea, let me just say this. My ideas are no better than Andrew's or no better than Amanda's, but let's all get together and form a team. 
and uh, let's get it done. But the idea that we all have brilliant ideas. Look, I'm on this set instead of Katie Helper because I'm not going to get in Katie Helper's circle anytime soon. I can do a grassroots right where we are right here. So let's get together, guys. You know, mm -hmm. I'll vote for someone else besides me for president. Let me tell you one more thing. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> is one of the most humble people on the planet. Okay, okay? but this is the last guess one. What? Guess what? He opines on politics yes. and every other damn thing. And I'm no better than, yeah. wait, wait a minute, I'm no better than any other maggot on this planet. But you know what? When you ask Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who's mm -hmm. the GOAT, you know who he says? Me. And you know what? Me, Lance, I got a lot of fucking great ideas. People need to hitch their wagon to my star. And they got good ideas, too. But I'm telling you something. If we all pool our resources and monetize this shit, okay, we can all make a ton of money and do something for the cause. But I'm sick of this bullshit where we're just sitting around talking about who's this and who's that and spreadsheets and all doing our own little thing gardening. Let's get together and form a fucking team and let's get it done. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah, Lance. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm fucking voting. I don't give a fuck. Fuck politics, dude. I'm giving you all uh, fucking Lance for president, everybody. Hit your way to Lance. Right I'm a now. Marxist Lance in this I'm now. as qualified as president as Jimmy fucking Dore. Neither one of us is going to be president. He's full of shit. He's a fucking, I love the guy. I love Jimmy Dore, but he's a fucking pothead comedian in the garage, and I know he's smarter than Trump. I know he'd be a better uh, president than Trump, but fuck Jimmy Dore. He's full of shit. Is there is there a new philosophy for, uh, in politics of Marxist Lansonism? I think so. I think so. I really do. Lance, thank you so much for calling in, man. Always a always a fucking pleasure to have you, man. Thank you so much. I want to respond. Oh, Somebody respond. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I had already hit the 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 button for the cue. Sorry, Lance. Let um, me respond then. Or you go ahead. You you want to respond? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Like, Why not? Um, here's here's my response. Uh -huh. What Amanda is doing is not just like Amanda is obviously smart enough to be like to not just go up to someone and be like, "Hey, check out this spreadsheet. It's going to change your life." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like on that spreadsheet are actual like individual yeah. names yeah. that are in individual like places. And yes. if you yeah. live in New York, Lance. You can take some of the information on Amanda's spreadsheet. We can workshop the best arguments here. Go and take that where you are. Like, take your own, yeah, you yeah. know, spread your own ideas other than let's monetize a podcast, <laughs> like a, a, an idea that will do something for people. Well, and he was saying other stuff besides, I don't want to. I, I know, I know. Like, you know I don't want to shit on Lance. I love you, Lance. Yeah. But, but yeah. every time someone else has an idea on here, you're like, you always bring up the Republican Party and you're like, this isn't real life. We need to get off social media. And it's like, yes, we absolutely do. But what's oh, fucking cool about. Yeah. No, I'm not like I, I'm being a little I'm not yeah, being yeah, very yeah, generous, yeah. but I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just speaking quickly. But like the, okay, my yeah. point is. We all do shit off of social media. Yeah. Um, you know, I from hearing from other shows from the left or even the fucking uh, Ron Paul Liberty report or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like if you want to, if you want to be um, really public about, it, we're going to be open-minded. We're not going to just say this or that based off of the letter or the color of someone's high. Um, yeah. We're going to do, we're going to do shit that really accomplishes things on earth in real physical terms. There's yeah. a lot of shit we can do. Like Tucker, who's on a lot of these calls sometimes, has already introduced 12 ballot initiatives 
in Arkansas. That's where also Damn. where Shelly is. I, and I'll, I'll kind of shut up yeah, after this one, but it's like, I asked Tucker and Tucker immediately sent me all of those ballot initiatives. I'm also trying to get some from other states. I'm trying to get some from my home state and I'm trying to get like shit done. Like how about yeah. no more, like speaking of this Matthew Ho stuff, how do we run third party candidates, even yeah. if it's just for the propaganda value um, yeah. or if we actually trying to win the office? Like I think we should be always trying to win the office and then propaganda value is like some of the feeling in the same cake. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. You know, how about we say yeah. there's no more partisan electoral the elections. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for just a bit. Shit. So no more electoral partisan. And then yeah, no partisan. more no more anybody partisan on the electoral commission. It's just regular ass people. It's that Trumpy trucker that Lance talked to and it's the oh, DSA yeah. people and it's all these other people. You know, that's just one thing that I thought of. Yeah, I don't know. I, anyways. Yeah, I'm for that. So, so I, I just want to say to Lance, like, Lance, we like your ideas. We like you being here, but you cannot shit on everything everyone else does and say it's not as good as the 26 people who started the Republican Party in the 1850s. It's like, yeah, it's also, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't I'll don't shut see up. see much of a point for, for like, I, I'm not a big fan of like, like, I just want things to change. So I, you know, I am willing to do whatever that takes, take whatever ideas work and put them forward. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I will give props to DSA where I see them. Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, I, I don't want to, if you notice a caller just called back in and we, we have to do the honors. <laughs> Hell Yeah. The Chinese nation faces its greatest danger. For each one, the urgent call for action comes forth. Arise! 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 Can we get a tenacious D cover of that song? Braving the enemy's fire, march on. Braving the enemy's fire, march on. March on! March on, <laughs> on. Arise, ye who refuse to be slaves, ladies and gentlemen. Shelley, what's up, baby? Come, welcome back. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, I don't know what the fuck Andrew's talking about because I only exist on social media. Yeah, like, I, yeah, you're not I literally a person. Just, you're actually, yeah, yeah. You're a very smart cat that's learned how to type <clears throat> and access Colin. Uh, yeah, and the only yeah. thing I'm doing whenever I'm off social media is I'm just napping in a very cozy place. Right, right. Yeah, but anyway, no. Th- yeah. Like these are all, and also like what Amanda. What it sounds like to me, what Amanda is doing is she is actually building critical infrastructure. Yes. Yes. So yes, you know, like there are a I, I lot was... of different things that we yeah. need, and part of it is just data, knowing where yeah. to go, and so that's actually yeah. a, a very good thing to sort of. Um, definitely consider. And I, I typically, this was kind of one of the things that I was trying to bring up on Bree's show. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, she'll sit there and she'll constantly talk about, well, my audience, they're not a whole big fan of electoralism. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well then what's our strategy? Like, what are we going to do? I think some of that's changing though, too. 
I think I so think, too. I, I really do think that. Look, one thing I like about apps like Colin and the like, though, is that I see you motherfuckers on here. You know, I'm not always on here, but I, I'll pop into rooms and I see y'all having your little conversations and talking and strategizing and connecting and actually being connected with people who are like minded and who also want actual developments and things to change in the country and actually having that network makes you a little more uh, able and willing to do stuff. Because what you realize is that everyone has their own individual gifts and the things that they can contribute. And that's another reason why I really dislike cult of personality politics, because look, like Mm -hmm. look at the civil rights movement, right? Everyone knows, Oh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm not trying to shit on Martin Luther King Jr. Don't get me wrong. But people, people don't really know about people like, you know, like Fannie Lou Hammer or Bayard Rustin, like Bayard Rustin, uh, for all y'all motherfuckers who don't know, let me just tell you, Bayard Rustin, was a brother who was gay at the time. I mean, he was gay, not like at the time. He wasn't like, I'm not gay anymore. You know, he was gay the whole time, right? But because he was gay, uh, he was a civil rights organizer and he was one of the logistics people, one of the most important logistics people to the civil rights movement, to Martin Luther King Jr., to that whole thing. But you don't really hear about him as much because they didn't put him in the forefront because he was gay and they didn't, you know, politics and you had to at that time make sure they didn't want you said what he was also more radical yeah and he was more radical too but the motherfucker is a critical part of the success of so much of that shit and we when we just look at martin luther king jr as influential and obviously as important as he was as an orator as a you know kind of like a, a a headmast for a movement uh it, that movement was always much, much bigger than just him. It involved yeah. an interconnecting network of just regular motherfuckers who were fed up and wanted to do Absolutely. shit. And that's really and what we are. You know, that's like, exactly it. And the other thing about Martin yeah. Luther King, as far as like the cult of personality, what happens now? Now, so number one, most people don't refer to his, what I would consider his greatest speech, and that's what is it? Beyond Vietnam. Mm, it was the yeah. speech that he gave Damn. about Vietnam that that shit will bring me to fucking tears about how he mm-hmm. how he absolutely destroys the militarism of the United mm-hmm. States and talks about the absolute damage and destruction that, that we're doing around the world and why we shouldn't do it. We need to take care of people at home. It was his most That's radical right. speech. No one hardly ever fucking refers to it. And then, you know what yeah. happens now, now that we've allowed this cult of personality about Martin Luther King yeah, and we happens? can censor shit Tell and them. we can do whatever. You know, you just have all these motherfuckers, any motherfucker mm-hmm. can sit there and That's retweet right. a Martin Luther King quote and turn it into something it never fucking was. That's exactly, exactly what Lenin right. says in State and Revolution, though, right? Is the, the one thing I really agree with with Lenin is his ability to, when he's talking about capitalism and its ability to take revolutionaries, rob them of all revolutionary ideas and content, and then repackage them and make them just like, uh, you know, rob, just use the popularity of the revolutionary, but rob all the revolutionary content, just drain it. And that, that happens with, I mean, there's a reason why Republicans are always saying, you know, Martin Luther King wouldn't be socialist. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's about, so you know? fucking hard for people to admit that he is a fucking socialist. Yeah. He, he kind of danced around it a little bit, like back and forth, yeah. where exactly are his politics over his lifetime. But in the most critical period of his his influence in that movement, he was advocating for socialism. He yeah. was and advocating against capitalism. 
Yeah, and that's when they murdered him. Yeah. <laughs> that's when the yeah, FBI fucking killed him. And then but also, the what you were saying is it's like what they do is they erase every single other radical element. Who was the first, who was the first black person to run for the vice presidency? Oh, you know what? I don't know, but I would say Frederick Douglass, but he probably won. No, I do James like W. Douglas, Ford so. on the Communist Party ticket with William Z. Foster. And also oh, Christian Small used William D. Foster's manual to organize his workplace. Oh, you know what? Let, we're bringing it back. Let's go. We're bringing it back. And now you see, like, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> Shit, sorry. Go ahead and tell him, Shelly. Tell him. Arise. Arise, oh, baby. Get your ass up here. That's right. First African American to run as vice president, bitch. What party? What party? What party? That's right. That's right. What party? <laughs> Arise. Arise. Okay. okay. It was the Soviet. Okay. It was the fucking Soviet Union that put forward in the UN we charge genocide. Mm. No, that was Paul Robeson, too. He was it another. Was. He's another black radical that. Um, yes, absolutely. That they just he will not talk fucking, about. He was fucking murdered by the fucking state, too. Well, he was he was driven insane by MK Ultra style tactics. They didn't even kill him outright like they did um, yeah. King and Malcolm X and and Hampton and them. They actually yeah. just like they did him dirtier. Honestly, they did him like I mean, I, like I they did to Gramsci yeah. and like they're doing to Assange and like they did yep. to um I think Huey P. Newton too. You know. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big Huey P. Newton fan generally. Um, no, I I, I am too. But but the simple fact yeah. of it, like Paul Robeson, whenever he was trying to push for that, the only people that were willing to like take on his struggle with him was the Soviet Union, and they put it forward into the UN. Yeah, you know it's it's. You know, there, there, we got we got a radical fucking history here, guys. There are there are people yeah. that. You know, they they are fucking fighters. And I don't know why it is that we like we have to get out of this mindset that we're absolutely every single American citizen just sits back and lets life happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have the time for that. I think. Well, I think stuff like this actually gives us opportunities to knock people out of the mindset. Because when the failures of the system are so apparent that even the vote blue, no matter who people are, cannot help but say, well, something's fucked up. Like, I, you really have to, that means something. You have to push. That's a time to push. You know, like I, 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 I you know, going back to uh, the Rage Against the Machine show that I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past weekend, which, you know, I could have died. It was a great, it was so fucking great. I am still sore from headbanging. It was that, it was just, and run the jewels open. So it's just fantastic. Right. But like looking at, I, I think, I think there was like an energy to that crowd. And maybe it's just that it's the first time they played in a while. Or maybe it's the fact that like their music, which they made mostly in the nineties and their last album was in 2000 before even nine eleven rings almost truer today than it ever did 
right? Like people, it's just as relevant, if not more so right now, how flimsy the the American dream is, how it's been corrupted by U.S. imperialism and uh, well, you know, corrupted, manufactured, whatever you want to say, right? Like uh, people have their different opinions. I think for some people, the American dream was something that existed. For a lot of people, it, it never really has in that way. And that's, you know, that's fair enough. But uh, the fact that it was weird watching all of these people who were, you know, all these different age ranges, uh, connecting with that music and angry you know it wasn't just they were excited they were angry they were mad you know when when the they they rage put up a a thing you know they have like the screen behind them with the the camera and everything and it just said abort the supreme court and i swear that's the time when everyone went hard as fuck harder than ever and we have to recognize that too i mean look a lot of what marx talked about a lot of what communists talked about was you know basically uh you know what's the quote like for for years or for you know decades nothing happens and then in a week decades happen yes so it's it's the 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 the, um, one of the things about the system that we're in is that it's not producing good results and eventually that is going to crack and when it's cracking, my, I mean, my, you know, we have to be doing everything in our power to make sure that people are ready. And I don't mean ready in any kind of like, all I mean is it's like, they, they understand why the system cracked. You know, they understand the limitations of the system as it currently exists. And they know where to find Brady and get some fucking food. This That's is why, right. this is why I, I think that I get kind of angry when, like there's, there's some people, there's two people I'm going to name drop and they're not here. So that's not fair, but I actually like what they have to say. A lot of the time it's John. He has this, like, uh, he has this, uh, Yang or yin yang thing with like a, uh, sort of Lotus flower as his, his profile picture. And then there's snarf. Like I tend to yeah. like what both of them have to say. But anytime you start talking about, hey, here's this cool project that's helping people that can be replicated for cheap almost anywhere, and they're like, nah, it'll fucking never happen. That's just going to help the. That's just going to help the bourgeoisie. I'm like, if you say that, that's fucked. They'll be like, well, oh, cool, that's a cool project. I'm going to fuck your mom. That's kind (laughs) of how it goes. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, honestly, and and that's. I wish I was joking, but I'm literally not. Five mom did not fuck him. Yeah, my mom. Let's let's be clear, everyone. Everyone, come in real quick. Gather around. Please listen to me. Okay, listen to me. I need I need you to take me seriously right now. Okay, please. That guy did not fuck my mom. Okay, my mom has standards. She would not fuck him. Her standards are a are a dog profile picture. That's exactly right. Okay. So for those of you in the chat with a dog profile picture or whatever, you might have a chance. All right. You but if you got a skanky crow profile picture or like some kind of fucking feline, you got no hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? If you have a cat, 
my mom might also fuck you. <laughs> you know what? One of these days, my mom's actually going to tune in, and she's going to be like, Bide, why, why, why are you you? And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. Like I thought I'm was, sorry. It's I your fault. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be part of it. But, uh, you know, uh, but whatever. whatever. And, and look, to, to people who are listening and everything, too, if you have anything to say um, about, you know, what do you think this moment means? How do you think? You know, are there strategies to addressing it? Is there like, you know, what, where should we go from here? You know, as Solange says, uh, in definitely her best album, I got to say, that's a good ass album. A Seat at the Table is. She also had a good verse on a, on a remix of Lockdown by Anderson Pack. Really? Awesome. I'm a Real big Anderson Pack guy. So that, yeah, I am yeah, too. Yeah. I'll send it to you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, please do. Hell yeah. Um, Look at this. Can I give a, a another two cents off of the on top of the 118 two cents that I've put down already? Hell yeah, man! I can almost afford a, a subway five dollar footlong. So keep going. <laughs> yeah. No, you could. Uh, uh, anyways, yeah. I, there's. By the way, we're sponsored some... by Subway today. This is a uh, sponsored by. Oh we're not, fuck, dude! Their chicken ahead. is like <laughs> grown in the lab. Oh yeah, I used to work there. Not the lab, but the subway. So, <laughs> not the chicken yeah. underground. Yeah, not the chicken place, right? Yeah. The the chicken formulatory, right? Uh, yeah. It's it's right next to the rave cave in in fucking Zion. In Zion, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Where Professor whatever his name is is practicing economics or whatever. But yeah, two cents. I'm getting okay. I think that for the people who are still on the fuck Biden, but I'm going to vote Democrats because they say that they like the things I like. I don't think we should be necessarily hardcore shitting on those people. I mean, at some level, we have to be kind of there for their own political journey. Um, But we're not necessarily, especially without offering them something like some really tasty kale or moringa seeds or whatever else Brady's growing, whatever I'm growing at home. Uh, if yeah. we can't if we can't offer them something and also kind of like a barbecue, but also like a strategy to do something local, I don't think they're going to come around. And like, I, I, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. And, and one one thing I do want to say though too is I've actually a lot of the the kind of normal, you know, quote unquote normie libs that I've been talking to uh, lately are also on the fuck Kamala train which is interesting. It's not even just like, and these are people who I remember having conversations with where they thought Kamala should be the presidential nominee, should be our candidate. And I remember going, what are you smoking? Like, what is going on? But, you know, it's, it's. I think that's telling. I, that's that's pretty, like, it's it's almost impossible not to look at the situation. Like, I think that that train of people who are anti-Biden, but pro-Kamala is actually... Sh- to the degree that it exists still. It's just it's, a caboose. It's just a little it's denied. It's like the 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 caboose of the caboose. You know, <laughs> Guys, it's, it's do, do not do not come. Do, do, do not, not come. come. Do not come onto this caboose. <laughs> There's nobody come. driving it. Uh anyway, uh <laughs> let's let's get Karen in here real quick. Um and let's let yeah let's 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 see what Karen has to say real quick. Lance, I love you, buddy. Uh, I gotta take I gotta take Karen. Uh, maybe at the end of the episode, we'll we'll bring you in for one more, so you can uh, I don't know you can tell me whatever you need to tell me. Uh, 
But Karen, I don't, I don't know if you've called in before. Go ahead and uh, unmute yourself and welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Hey, bye. No, I actually called in once, but it was maybe a month ago. Oh so. my God, you're the uh, the person who you were uh, outside and there were birds yes, and it was I'm all vibes. Again. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. I live in, What's going yeah, on? A small city in the Midwest, and so I'm in yeah. my backyard right now. Okay, um, hell yeah. I wanted to say a couple things uh, along what Andrew was talking about. Um, okay. Talking about like, hey, feeding people, you know, trying to make sh- you know maybe that's a good way to draw people in. Um, sure. There was an episode of uh, Jacobin Radio I listened to once that had Catherine Liu on it, who wrote you know that Virtue Hoarders. She's book. so good. Yeah, and she's yeah. on. I think she was on Brie. I, I went on. A, I think she know, was. Yeah, yeah, because I remember I her. seeing. Her. Yeah. <laughs> she was on RBN um, like yesterday. Oh, was she? Okay. okay. That might be what you're... Anyway, start. Well, the Jacobin one was from, like, December or something, I think. But um, okay. what she said, I thought was very interesting. She said she thinks in order for the DSA to build, um, like, interest and credibility, they should start a bunch of soccer leagues. <laughs> so she said, she said, like, if you... Each organization, Holy like, fuck. each local group you know i don't know i i grew up in the midwest and so like lions clubs would sponsor you yeah. know t-ball and softball oh my god that's kind of brilliant do you know though. what i mean the communist party used to do that they yeah, used to have the that. majority yeah, I'm not gonna lie they used to have the majority of the little like you know if you want to play basically rec league baseball they had all that shit organized from the communist party in the 30s and i think that happens in europe like in Spain, maybe i've heard of that sort of thing where Either communists yeah. or anarchists have their own special, like, football leagues. Um, I don't think there are any, like, rules against that either. I'm trying to think right now no. if there's, like, some kind of, yeah. you know, like, legal bar or some kind of law against it. And I don't know of any. I don't know all. why. That, I, if, the, if the Lions Club can do it or the, all these other yeah. little civic organizations can do it, why can't the CSA? And it would be a yeah. really cool just to start making that a thing that they do or any yeah. other leftist organization that's like, Hey, I want to start drawing in parents and, you know, yeah. <laughs> start I mean, indoctrinating our youth. You know, it's like, I, I but that was honest. Catherine Liu's idea. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was a really great idea. It's, it's, so it's almost like, look, to some extent, this is okay. So this, these are my confessions. Okay. Here, here's confession. Number one, right. Um, with there is something well look we have to obviously spread the message and everything i don't i don't know how i feel i i I might have to work this out before i even say it here but fuck it let's just let's work it out together okay this is a this is a communal group there's something that i feel like is like coming to the realizations that i have as an adult that like oh america is and kind of always has been sort of an imperialist empire uh coming to realizations that, you know, there are a lot of problems with the American dream and the promulgation of it and the, the illusion of it, uh, the tendency of capital to exploit laborers and, and result in, you know, just over like disgusting amounts of wealth for one or two people at the top who typically just are engaging in rent, you know, like rent seeking behavior. Uh, some of these realizations I feel less uh i feel good about in a lot of ways because i felt like i came to them freely uh there is an element of me that is jealous 
of the Federalist Party for their ability. And, and these organizations, which have been working for 40, 50 years to overturn Roe v. Wade, because they don't care if it's popular. They don't care if people want it or not. They just want to do the thing that they wanted to do. And they concentrated power and were very smart with slowly but surely getting to where they needed to get to. And there's part of me that wants that for the things that I've now come to believe, right? And part of me thinks that politics in some ways, a little less so, but in some ways they kind of function like like religion for a lot of people. Uh, not that it replaces religion or anything like that, but you can sort of indoctrinate people. A lot of the people I grew up with in Southern Illinois, they, they're Republicans because, well, my daddy's a Republican and we all learned Republican stuff and then they just stopped questioning it and they're not very interested. And like, you have to look at the cracks in the system and then tell them why the cracks are there. Right. But like, I, I don't know at what point, and maybe this is too much of a, I, I don't know how to handle this, but like, at what point are we, I don't want to like, I, I like the side I'm on right now. Or I like, I like where I'm at because I feel like I can, I will evaluate politics really on their merits to try to figure something out. Like, I I feel like I'm not, you know, I try to give fair weight to things. I need evidence to back up an idea. I can't just like, I, I, you know, I still, there's things I want to believe and things I don't want to believe, but like I can change my mind. And if I see contrary evidence, I will. And I guess part of me is like, at what point is it, I don't want to indoctrinate people, but I think part of it has to be like, look, I, I want to get fucking universal health care. I want to get a social safety net expanded. And some of this shit requires building up that kind of support, that community goodwill, the, these other things. Right. So where's I guess where's the I line? Think if, I think if you have a community, though, if it's a real community and you're yeah. interacting with people and understanding their lived experience. I don't even think you have to mess with indoctrination because it will happen naturally when you start like actually caring about the people that you live near Yes, and knowing what their problems are and their hopes and their dreams and all their blockers for those hopes and dreams. Like, and everybody's struggling. So like, if you actually talk about your struggles with other people, a lot of us hide it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're actually building real community, as you could with a soccer league or, or yeah. spaghetti suppers or whatever <laughs> if you're truly yeah, building a real community you're gonna yeah or pan also or whatever yeah, hell yeah. um you're well, gonna I mean, you you're know. gonna start understanding people better we already have and one I, I, to me i think yeah sorry <laughs> we have one go coach. ahead we have a coach yeah his name's rudy he lives in the twin cities in minneapolis st paul area and he's fucking down to do um you know whatever the the communist uh, football association. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then the only other thing I wanted to say was address Amanda um, earlier from earlier, because I love her idea of a union, a voters union. I, I really s- like that idea. Yeah. I started I, I, Googling I, yeah. like uh, domain names. Voters org is already taken. Maybe you'd need a different name. But then I started Googling, there's a group called the League of Pissed Off Voters in San Francisco. Have you guys heard of them? Because they, they are doing kind of what Amanda was suggesting. So look them up, League of Pissed Off Voters. So I was Googling while she was talking. 
Um, and they are like uh, endorsing different candidates. They are evaluating them kind of in a communal way, it sounds like. So they, mm. their members like break up different candidates, investigate their um, whatever, their platforms, and then mm. vote on who do they endorse. And in some mm. scenarios, they don't endorse anyone, it looked like. Um, to me, that sounded really interesting. And then I also thought to build off of or to build on to her idea, I wonder if a group like that, if a union group like that, you know, in addition to like endorsing people, in addition to having like a database of people who are like-minded, I wonder if you could start crowdsourcing policies, you know, kind of like ALEC, you know, the Republican ALEC organization that um, mm. creates those policies and then sends them off to various states and I live in Iowa and I don't I can't even tell you how in the last five years how many Alex sponsored policies have been floated in my state and probably passed but um you know we don't have that on the left we don't have an organization that tries to create policies and push them and I wonder if they could be crowdsourced with uh, some sort of group like that that Amanda is suggesting where people actually yeah. like communally vote and say, these are the pieces we care about. Here's the verbiage. Okay, now somebody run with it. And you start blasting those policy recommendations to different allies, you know, in different state houses. Just a thought. thought I just would I, You know, I, I have there. a project that I'm working on right now. I mean, I, mean, I, I think, first of all, I think that's a, a great idea to try to crowdsource as much as... as I mean, and, and maybe Colin is a place where we could do some of that. Um, that would be wild if this just turns into like a political organizing app. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That would be wild. I'm sure that's not what they were expecting at first, but whatever. Um, that would be hilarious. Uh, but I do have a project I'm working on right now, which is, I don't know. It's, it's, what, what, so what we're trying to do is basically, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times before on different, in different contexts, but we're basically trying to create legislation that uh, puts a hard cap on the amount that people in Congress can actually uh, increase their net worth, their household net worth uh, for the time that they're in office. So there's a hard cap year over year over year. Uh, so that gets a lot of the you know, the, to the extent that you are trading stocks, to the extent that you are participating, you know, like insider trading as a congressperson, to the extent that you are making money from your campaign or from lobbying, uh, you wouldn't be able to do that because everything above that hard cap would be 100% taxable. And it would apply for the time that you're in office and then for the time that you're out of office uh, for five years, at least. Um, and it may be more, maybe less. We're, we're still writing it. Uh, and right now it's just me and another guy who we just, I don't know, we're, that's what I do every Tuesday actually before I do the show, which is why I started a little bit later is because for the hour before this, I'm working on that. Um, but you know, there's, there's a, a whole process to basically not just writing legislation, but getting it through or getting it sort of written and, and checked and everything. And I think one of the, the issues that I'm running into is we just had a meeting today where we have to decide, okay, do we try to push this through a particular 
person in Congress. So that way they can send the bill. Because if you put it through Congress, this is kind of how it works, right? You get a congressperson to sponsor it. When the congressperson can sponsor the bill, before they even propose it on the floor or of the House or the Senate, whatever, they will send it or the idea of the bill to something called the Office of Legislative Counsel. Now, the Office of Legislative Counsel is a federal organization that is specifically made. It's nonpartisan, but it's specifically there to basically be the the lawyers and the people who write the bills that Congress people want. So if a congressman or woman wants a bill, they say, hey, I want a bill that, you know, makes, um, I don't know, drinking water illegal. The people who are going to write it is this Office of Legislative Counsel. And if someone says, I want to make a bill that makes water drinking legal, then the same thing. They're sending it to the Office of Legislative Counsel. Here's the point with the crowd, the crowd sourcing idea is I we've crowdsourced this idea a lot and it's a lot of people like it. And I think most, most people who are fed up with politics as they are are generally going to like it. I think where I get confused and where I think a lot of the, where I run into a lot of barriers is with the particulars of actually how to get it passed or not. Some of these strategic decisions as do we, do we let the, do we alert council or do we alert Congress first that we're working on this bill and then try to get one of them to sponsor it and then send it to the office of legislative council so that they can write it. And then we can draft it in between us and figure it out and then maybe propose it to the house. Do we do that? Do we try to stop and write the bill ourselves and then do a PR campaign that then uh, publicizes or, or gets people interested in the bill, try to make it go viral. And then when Congress people are refusing to, Look at it. We can say, well, we already have the bill written right here. All you have to do is push it through and bring it to a vote to put more political pressure. And these sort of strategic and sort of logistical decisions are hard to crowdsource in a way because there's like we don't know which way we're going to go with that yet. We still have to consult. Now I have to consult with other attorneys like who the fuck like what's the point of being an attorney? I have to <laughs> consult with other attorneys and shit now. Like what? Fine. Um, is it but, easier uh, yeah. to get things passed? In state houses, because well, in, it, it see, or or locally, are there? I mean, yours is is a hard one, because I assume it has to be federal if you're wanting it to apply well, to Congress people. Well, correct, and and, but, and it depends no, on do we want it to actually apply to them? Do we want like? Because here's the thing: we don't expect it to be passed. Because why the fuck were they going to pass it, right? But we want to generate enough pressure to where to make them vote. Perhaps, yeah, we can either make a point or we can get people to pledge to adopt this in their own campaigns and that pledge can be used as a jumping point for people to challenge incumbents. And that is something that will be good, you know? So there's like a strategy to, it. I know it's, it's like mad scientist shit, but this is what, no, it's good. You know, this is what we're talking about a lot. This is what Let I'm me... doing while I'm not doing the show and shit. And, and uh, you know, hopefully there's no fucking narcs on here. Are any of you motherfuckers and narcs? <laughs> huh? You fucking narcs. Well, get... But that's, you know, that's, I don't know how to crowdsource an idea like that exactly. I guess I'm doing it kind of now, but um, I got well, something. I think I was thinking oh, ahead, smaller, yeah. smaller policies that okay, you know, funding for childcare or you know things that I think you could do locally potentially. Yeah. And because I, I don't know that I, there are so many states, especially red states, anymore that just. Apparently, Alec just goes to some random stupid insurance salesman who is a part-time house member in my state, and then that douchebag starts 
trying to push forward a bill to means test like um, SNAP benefits, you know, like yeah, that's exactly. apparently what, and you look exactly. at the verbiage of what he's pushing and he's like a douchebag, like part-time farmer who knows nothing about anything. And he, you know, the verbiage is exactly the same as what Alec is, po- is, is, um, proposing. Like you go to their website and you just find their, their proposal. It's the same thing. So whatever they're doing, You're I, talking I would like to do, right yeah. <laughs> but in for, for good, not yeah, for Karen, evil. Right. Right. Are you talking yeah. about a, like a ballot initiative? Like someone no, can you can't even do ballot initiatives out? in my state. I'm talking about uh, house, okay. uh, state and house members who yeah. apparently somehow um, they find these horrible, horrible, evil bills like trying to cut SNAP benefits to people and make sure they don't have more than one car in order to be eligible. I'm literally that is literally one of the bills that keeps coming up in my yeah. state. Um, those types of things, I apparently, somehow they get to these Republican people in my in my state house, and mm-hmm. then those people just sort of like, oh, let's try this, let's try pushing this forward, and some of these horrible things they end up getting successfully passed. Luckily, the SNAP benefits hasn't passed yet, but they keep trying each year. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. I don't know wh- yeah. how how does Alec do it. I have no idea how they do it. Do they interact with some of these people? Do they just simply send them an email? So, what do they do? (laughs) Uh, Allison says money. That's a big part of it. But uh, let me tell you one of the things that's been proposed to me. And this is by someone who uh, I I won't give too much away, but they've been in politics. uh, And they have connections with some federal politicians, too. Well, I'll just say that. But I had a chat with this individual and we were talking about it. And this person says that this is a typical method for, at least with legislation, to get it on the floor. You find the person who's in Congress who is willing to sponsor it first, which means you have to have an in with the person, right? You can't, it's rare that you can, now, now you, look, you can call up your congressman and congresswomen or whatever, and you can, you can try to put something on their desk, put something in front of them. But if you are a lobbyist, who has somehow has a connection with someone already, then that already gives you the edge, right? You, you have the edge to have the connection because if you want the bill put forward and you want it to go through the office of legislative council in the regular sort of uh, ordered sequence of how it, it, excuse me, of how it gets done, uh, then you, you lobby, you pay usually uh, a group, a lawyer, whoever, who has the connection to get this idea in front of the candidate. The candidate then agrees, sends that idea to the Office of Legislative Council. They write it. And again, that's the whole Office of Legislative Council's job. It's a nonpartisan wing of the federal government. They're there. Like, I know people who work there. They're just lawyers who write bills. They don't have any say, really, in, like, the substance of the bill. You just tell them what you want, and they put it in there. They figure out a way to put it in there and make it a bill. It gets sent back, and and then the congressperson will put it on the floor, right? And here's here's the kicker, is that because we were going to go the route of writing the bill entirely ourselves, and that is that's pretty atypical, and it's weird because it's it's at that point it's just you know you're writing something that that could be actually passed, that's a little more than just a performative sort of. Uh, 
you know, like list of demands that a lot of like other bills tend to be uh, whenever they're written outside of Congress. It's more written directly for the audience. We want to write something that if they signed it, it could be passed so that they don't have the excuse. Right. Uh, to just say, oh, that's not a real bill. Yada, 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 whatever the fuck. Uh, but here, here's the kicker to it is that the man hours required to write the bill will be significant. And there's only so much. I've done as much as I can, and I will continue doing it. But there's only so much that you can do without funding or starting to hire lawyers and people to write the bill. You might be able to crowdsource it, the writing of the legislation. If we can get a pro bono sort of group of people together who can start drafting this legislation, maybe we can do that. But it tends to be, or this is what my, this is where I think that it might be cheaper or more economically efficient to try to get the sponsor in Congress and then have the bill written by the office of legislative counsel. You see what I'm saying? So it almost becomes like there's an incentive for a lobbyist too to not even write the bill first themselves. And, and look, let's be clear. Whenever you get into like the big industries, banking and all these things, they have teams of lawyers who are also writing these bills and sending them in between, you know, going back and forth with the office of legislative counsel through their connect. Right. So the people who have a lot of money are doing all of the above. Uh, but when we're writing something like this, I don't know. It's like, have you tried any sponsors yet? Like, are there any congressional people that you have a connection with? Not, well, I, I mean, not, I mean, the people it's, it's hard in a lot of ways because one Congress is not really going to be incentivized to take this on most people because they, they, they benefit from the system as it is, right? Um, Katie Porter, I think would be a good one. Because she, I actually, she, I, knew her when I was a kid. She's from my state and her brother. I went to elementary school with her brother. Um, Hell yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if there'd be a roundabout way of trying to like, um, you know, I don't obviously haven't seen her since I was a kid, but, um, yeah, I don't, she, I wonder if she'd be a person who, if you could get it in her hands, because isn't yeah. that sort of something that she would typically fight for i think she'd support it honestly like if we get there's there's a couple and 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 you know i'm kind of giving some insight into some other stuff there's there's a lot of different things i won't go into all the nooks and crannies of the whole thing because it's it's i mean like there's a lot i could go into i guess i could i mean like part of it too is is there an advantage to keeping the bill nonpartisan? for the time for as long as possible to make it like a blanket sort of so it's not we don't want anyone also to be able to say, well, this is just some leftist bullshit or this is whatever, because when we pitch it and we pitch it to a lot of people, uh, it's pretty across the board. People like it because I mean, I think something that people can get into is we don't want our fucking politicians to be corrupt, just period point blank. We don't want money to be the overall influence. And I think if you bring that to a Democrat or a Republican or whatever, you know, you're going to have numbers that look like Biden's polling, right? Like most people are like, yeah, we're for it. Um, you know, the, the reverse of Biden's polling, you know? Yeah. The, the nose in Biden's polling. Right. The nose, Biden, exactly. Have you heard of uh bribe stop? It's called, there's I a have. website called bribe stop. Yeah. And, and I guess their strategy is if you make this a class C felony, which is like the, I, to my understanding, the, the weakest type of felony, it mm-hmm. applies to, federal employees like and to congress people and senators rather yeah. than just being uh for the local state legislatures 
And I do yeah. think that, like, you know, for all of the, you know, there's like there's the one Katie Porter and the one Thomas Massey mm-hmm. in uh, yeah, Congress. Massey, yeah. yeah, but in the um, in the state legislatures, there do tend to be uh, there do tend to be like more of those type of people. There's a couple of pretty solid ones in Washington state that I'm familiar with. There's one or two solid ones even in Idaho that have been working with some tribes to try and get some dams removed on the upper snake river and try to get salmon back into the rivers. Um, Hell yeah. it's like, we need them salmon. So even if there's, yeah, no, we do need the salmon. I, yeah. But there's, there's like, there are a lot of states that have ballot initiatives. And from what Tucker told me, and I'm just going to take his word on the statistics on this one. If you get a ballot initiative actually onto the paper ballot, it has a 60% chance of passing regardless of what it's about. And Holy a lot of shit. times, a lot of times that's because they can kind of be somewhat confusingly worded. Um, yeah. I think you have to work pretty hard to make sure that you don't get like, you know, whoever the equivalent of the editor of the newspaper is in the state government doesn't just ruin your, your verbiage. And I yeah. think like, to keep it nonpartisan, you could do it either as a ballot initiative or in a state where there's no ballot initiatives or, or whatever kind of referendum type of thing. Yeah. That's just like a popular vote. You can just get signatures and you can just send the, once you get to whatever, like a hundred thousand signatures in an electoral district, or, if, you know, if it's a state like Wyoming, 20,000, 40,000 in an electoral district, yeah. send that shit to, to the representative of that district in the federal Congress, if you want to do it federal, like it, there, there are reasons to do a bill against corruption like that uh, yeah. federally. Um, yeah. And I think it's, that it's you, an can, interesting. you can keep it yeah. nonpartisan and send it to Katie Porter and send it to Thomas Massey and anyone else who, in whose district you have some signatures. Now, bribe stop that us. I don't know how much popularity they have. I actually heard about that on Ralph Nader's show, but I imagine yeah. like, you know what th- this type of thing, like, you can't make more, you can't make, you know, money off of being a corrupt asshole in Congress. We're going to make it illegal. I don't care if it's legal right now or something like everybody in Congress right now has to go. These are ideas that are very, you know, broadly popular. They don't, it doesn't, you know, hinge on like getting the words out exactly right or getting to the, you know, you can't only pitch it to the DSA audience or the libertarian candidates caucus in, in, uh, in South Carolina or whatever. Right. Right. I, I think there is something about the, 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 uh, I'm looking at the bribe stop website right now and, and the different classes of felonies that they would have for that kind of behavior. And it's interesting. I have to, I have to think around the, the potential issues with criminalizing it outright. It, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Cause it is, I mean, like, look, it's criminal, uh, the one there is there are some issues with potentially prosecutorial discretion huh. so like i don't know i i i this is the first time i'm hearing about it so i have to i have to really think of it it's it's in, it's a very interesting idea because i, I don't know could it be a constitution? I wonder if it's a constitutional issue because the executive is going to be the one in charge of it. So could it be like politicized? Cause that ended up being like a, a witch hunt tool because if you're just accusing, I don't know. Well, that it's, would only just draw, uh, that would only just put fuel on the fire. Right. 
Like, if it gets yeah, to it the could point be. Where, I, well, well, it's, where it's, the, it's, the Supreme Court's going to be like, sorry, that's not up to states to decide, but it is for guns and abortion. Or it's not for guns, it's not for bribery, yeah, but, but it is for abortion. It's, like, it's a, people it's will a, go fucking crazy. Right. But by, but so one, one of the things I, I typically, one of the reasons I typically don't like criminalizing things is because the, the, the power in charge of uh, enforcing law is always the executive branch. Um, so to the degree that you want people to be prosecuted or not prosecuted, or you want to sort of weaponize prosecution, uh, putting that power in the hand of uh, state and executive uh, or state and uh, federal legislators, uh, not legislators, but executives. Uh, can have some. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, all um, the indigenous and black Congress people are are charged with Class C felonies. What do you know? There could be um, a lot of stuff to it, and th- the fact that like you have an easy tool as the president to directly sort of go after a Congress person, even if you're correct in it, uh, I could see Trump abusing that power for people trying to subpoena him. For example, with these January six hearings, right? If he has this uh, law on the books, he's just going to command the Department of Justice to go after them. Now, again, that's not necessarily a, I, like these, like, like, again, and this is, this is literally the first time I'm hearing about it. So you're hearing my like first impression, impressions from like my lawyer brain that's starting to just like think about, okay, the constitution, like this part, blah, 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 right? Like that's usually how it, how it starts happening. I'm going to have to like, you know what, after the show, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this and I have to like, I have to think a lot and put my eyes up into the air and look like that's going to help me. I don't know why I do that when I think, but um, I don't know, maybe get some coffee, get some crack and get my, get my <laughs> shit going a little bit. You know, I have but, a friend um, who's like a engineer type, but also yeah. very like, you can play music, has a real personality, just all around like excellent dude. Um, yeah. And uh, when uh, we were in our second year of college. Neither of us could afford a dorm anymore. So I moved back with my parents, but he was able to move into a frat that was like the cheapest fraternity. Hell yeah. And, uh, and the guy like right next door to him just sold all the, all the drugs. And Hell so he yeah. bought some, some cocaine from this guy and just made crack just to give it a shot. And he was like, it was all right. I didn't, it was whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think one day I'll probably try crack uh, just for fun. Like when I'm old. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll try it. Why not? Everyone should smoke I, a little crack. I'm just kidding. Kids don't. Yeah, I mean, once you're uh, Don't 80. smoke crack, everybody. Uh, <laughs> or do what you want. You know what? I'm not your dad. Do, do whatever I do the have fuck a you want. You're adults. With a, a good old friend of mine that if we live to be like in our mid 70s, we'll grow some opium poppies and give it a shot. See what Hell like. yeah. Why not? Might point. accidentally die, but it'd be pretty, you know, yeah, easy way to go. At that point, Whoops. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've said a lot. No, no, it's good. Karen, what's, uh, what's going on? And then Derek, I <laughs> oh, promise thanks. I'll get to you. Yeah, Sorry, thanks. Uh, no, I had all my, crack, I, I was stuff. laughing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know. No, I, in, whenever you have your, uh, if you get it finally like written and yeah. put together, you need to share so that we can uh, all try to like, at the very, very least start bullying people on Twitter to try to make them Absolutely. want to. Propose. You know. So you let us know when it's ready. Yeah, yeah, we support yeah, I you. I, I, yeah. I mean, like one of the one of the reasons why I started coming on to call in and trying to call in places is because I know in the back of my mind that I, eventually, when this bill is done, we are, we're going to want to advertise it. So I thought, okay, well, let's you know, let's see if you can call in to Brianna Joy's Grace just so she knows who you are, and one day maybe you can propose it, like just so you have some avenues to open up, right? Like I thought, I mean. I, 
one, you want to call in anyway because it's something I would do either way. But two, it's like, well, okay, cool. In the event that this happens and we get to a point to where we're ready, I would like this to I would like people to share it. So and and so we're kind of strategizing on that too. And and, and once once we're in a really good place with the bill, I'll bring on um, my friend. His name is Bobby, and we'll talk about it. Um, he's a real interesting guy, uh, a great guy too, really good guy. One of my roommates in in uh, randomly when I, we were in college, we randomly assigned roommates, and it turns out he's fucking sick. So that's that's good stuff. Uh, he does not smoke crack though, so that's yeah, that's. that's a little bit of a detriment to him, honestly. Uh, takes a little bit of the points away. But Karen, thank you so much for calling. Yeah, thanks and, for taking my call. All right, yeah, take anytime, care. Bye. Anytime. All right, you too. And Lance, I promise, we'll, Lance, we'll end with you again. But Derek, you've been waiting patiently. Uh, come on up, buddy. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Oh, okay. Caught me off guard. That's cool. Um, yeah. <clears> oh, <throat> well, yeah. This might be on your toes, baby. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, this is a stab in the dark, uh, but if it's relevant, it could be uh, extremely relevant to what you were talking about okay. as far as uh, a cap. Um, mm-hmm. I think w- one of uh, one of the amendments attempted to solve this problem already. It did. It did. Okay. Yeah. Do you know which uh, one? Well, well, there was an amendment that put a, a like a maximum salary. I can't remember which one. I have it somewhere in my notes. There were there were two similar. Uh, amendments, but they applied to different people. One was, I think, for Congress in particular, it did not pass because the amendment the, the amendment process is is going to be very very difficult to do. Right. Um, right. Because I mean, like, when's the last time? I, I don't even remember the last time we passed an amendment. I think it was in the fifties, which is still impressive. But no, um, no, no, it was it was uh, it wasn't that far, not that long ago. Um, really, it's, it, this would be the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, or twenty seventh. Um, so it sounds like I'm remembering shit, right? Year, years ago, I read an article somewhere. I don't know mm-hmm. where. I doubt it was Harvard Law Review, that's for sure. But yeah. uh, uh, this uh, this older dude in his 30s decided to go back to school at the University of uh, Texas, I believe, Austin. And uh, he did a paper on how uh, James Madison himself had introduced specifically two bills. Yeah. Um, so you know what I'm talking about already? Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Well, the, the, the guy that he wrote, he wrote a paper on this saying these, these two bills were still alive, that they had never, I don't know what the official you know language would be, um, but they had never uh, been voted down or whatever. Uh, so he basically co-authored these amendments with James Madison but he did this as a paper yeah. for the poli sci class and he, you know, promptly got like a fucking C for it. Um, yeah. but what might be extremely relevant is, um, you know, the actions he took starting out just on his own, um, that built towards, you know, all of these other politicians in the political climate that, w- that existed at the time, which is very, very similar to what's going on now. Um, where he pitted politicians against each other, drummed up all kinds of support. Um, yeah, you know, it became at the time it was a big issue where politicians were rushing to claim it. Yeah. So there could be a lot of strategy strategy to learn from in his personal story and what he dealt with. But also, I'm thinking now that 
the reason why the politicians at the time were willing to even humor the idea was that mm -hmm. their own parties had, had already found a loophole that they would use. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe that could be relevant too. like figure out what that loophole is, try to shut it the fuck down somehow. Yeah. Well, I will say with an amendment there, there's a lot more room for, uh, you know, amendments are not very long. They're, they're pretty short, sweet to the point. Um, so you can't account for as many loopholes as you possibly could with a bill or a law, because you can make that shit as long as you want account for all the different little provisions. And trust me, the reason so many lawyers actually have jobs is because if you look at these law books, it's just text, 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 text. It's just reading, you know, loophole after loophole or closed loophole after closed loophole. So Bye. you could actually account for a lot through that. Um, the, and, and one, just one second, Andrew, the, the, the last thing is that I, I, I recall with James Madison's amendment, uh, I believe, okay, I think part of it was the 27th amendment which I think was actually passed in like the nineties, which was like, uh, it, it eliminates, uh, changes to, uh, Congress compensation from happening until the election of the next representatives. Uh, so you can't like suddenly change the, uh, pay of Congress people very quickly at the very end of their term to kind of get a huge payday and then leave, you know, leave. And, uh, there, you know, the, when someone actually beats an incumbent, right. And that was actually passed in the 90s. And that was something that James Madison proposed in like the 1700s, like 1780s, 90s, some some shit. Um, so that that may have been the part that actually caught on. I'm not sure what part caught on. Um, but I know that one was actually passed as an amendment. Uh, and that's actually the last amendment I think that we have. I don't know if it's a I think it's I don't know if it's the 33rd, the 27th. I don't know what it is, but I it it's. It's that's the um, the last amendment I, I I know of that was yeah there's uh, co-authored by Madison okay okay um, so yeah but that's I I mean we we thought about the amendment route too I will say it's just God, I don't I don't see another amendment being passed probably ever <laughs> like it's got to be something uh, I uh, like well God, I mean if, if you consider minutes, where this guy started time. I mean. He started I mean, from you're right. You're right. a sloppy dude you're in college, right. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and he got and an amendment a, passed. Maybe the, maybe the yeah. problem is the legal angles were not considered strongly enough because, you know, he didn't have a, yeah. he wasn't pursuing law. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, I mean, I think you're, you're, and, and plus, I mean, your point still stands when, I mean, the original author of the amendment we're talking about, which was just passed was from 1780 right like that's a long time for amendment to just be sitting there and nothing happening on it so I, I, you know it's it's not we we shouldn't totally outrule it i think that's right and if you get enough public pressure really that would well, be a if, fucking way to do it if there's a way to reintroduce those amendments improve upon them i don't know what the process would be but attaching yeah. efforts to james madison's name would obviously get a lot of people talking. It's hard for a politician to say, fuck James Madison, isn't it? You know? I guess so. I mean, like, it. I guess you're right. I guess that's that's true. I mean, it'd be even better if we could attach it to Alexander Hamilton that we could make a fucking song about it and people would blow their fucking loads because they heard rap for the first time or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, I'm possibly. sorry, I hate Ham. I think Hamilton's okay, but, like, I just, I, I, 
I don't want to see it. I, I just <laughs> oh my I get God. mad at it. I, I just I read a book about it. Hard. Read a book about him. Yeah, though. it's no. really interesting. You know. Yeah, oh, he oh, was super yeah. interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. The the history. I, I was a, a history major and a and a psychology major in, in undergrad, and I'm a huge history. Well, I, I like history a lot. Um, <clears throat> and very interesting guy for sure. Uh, really, Orphan kid, you know, thirteen years old. Gets yeah. like a stack yeah. full of books as his only inheritance and comes yeah. to the colonies at like 17, 18 and just starts yeah. just outsmarting start everybody. Getting it. I, and then like, creates that's, Wall look, Street and yeah. tries to have a coup to overthrow the government. Oh, there, <laughs> there's all kinds of bad shit. I don't know about, I don't know about coup. Yeah. I think that's debatable. But there was, yeah. no, there was a coup attempt. Yeah. I, I will say I mean, this though, like I I will never look at the founding fathers and say that they weren't fucking interesting as shit to me. Like I'm I, sorry, like they're complicated. There's a lot of good. shit. A lot of them did kind some. Of an asshole. No, it's true. I mean, like I get it because you know, like Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, which a lot of it's good. There's parts that are real fucked up, and the guy also, you know, it's it's pretty clear he raped slaves. But like, I think you could. I, that's another reason why I don't like the hero worship part, because like I should also be able to look at Thomas Jefferson and say, well, that part of the Declaration of Independence is good without having to, you know, like fucking cancel the whole shit or anything. Right. It's like, you yeah. know, like like that. that's one thing. And maybe we'll do, you know, an episode about cancel culture or something like that. But I I do think it's dumb to like not separate the art from the artist for some to some degree, because I mean, like. What are you going to do if you find out that, like, Isaac Newton, I don't know, like, fucking w- was, like, a pedophile or something? You can't, like, cancel gravity. You yeah, gravity. Mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, w- I we don't watched need the, the Woody Isaac Allen movie, movie, and I felt right. guilty. I felt dirty for watching a Woody Allen movie. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I mean, like, and, and that stuff, like, I, like, you know, I can't watch uh, uh, Bill Cosby really anymore because this whole thing is, like, I'm a good dad. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> dog, yeah. like. That's yeah. You know, if you're but, Bill Cosby, it's not possible to separate the art from the artist. If yes, your art it's, is it's, it's here's why difficult. Black America's immoral, right? Basically, right. Bill yeah, Cosby. It's it's difficult, and you know, and and you know, when you're this clean comic and you're working this way and that way, it gets harder. Uh, but something like you know, like an idea, uh, you know, that has, uh, you know, I I just human beings, we've always kind of sucked and fucked up a lot and people are complicated but like you should take the stuff that's good and then throw away the stuff that's bad you know which is again why I don't like because the other part of it too is when people fucking idolize the founding fathers and just like oh I fucking love Thomas Jefferson he did nothing wrong it's like you have to fucking whitewash him for your own belief to because you can't hold two beliefs in your mind because you you can't possibly look at the fact that he was bad like you can't acknowledge it right like the charlie kirks of the world and those people who are like have like going to existential crises whenever you criticize the founding fathers it's like dude they, they were they did what the fuck they did like like let's you could look at that from every part of it like we there shouldn't be a controversy about it really to me but i don't know i'm a i'm a, a weirdo who i don't know they maybe law school kind of fucked me up in that maybe well, i mean I fuck, fuck the hero worship but like yeah. i i keep recommending to anyone who's willing to fuck like bother listening uh read the broadsides between hamilton and jefferson and yeah don't admire either one but 
but look at the way Hamilton slaps around that fucking rich boy. Yeah. Went to private schools and had slaves and grew up on a plantation. Had Hell yeah. I mean, it's bad. Like, come here, you come here, you redheaded bitch. Shut the fuck up. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, Nick, there's moments where it does feel like that. He's like, yeah. oh, that's adorable. You're talking about liberty. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, the Lincoln Douglas debate, same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at how he outwits. Look at how Lincoln outwits uh, Douglas. It's masterful, and we we could all learn a lot from a lot of this stuff. Just don't yeah. make him your hero. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't. I, I, like I said, you know, uh, don't. It's the cult of personality is not something I would suggest people really get into. Uh, just listen to the words coming out of their mouth. That's it. You know, judge the right. ideas I'm on gonna, their merits. I'm going to exit well, for uh, Lance, but uh, yeah, look into that, pretty please. Just yeah, on the we'll off chance that I have a point somehow. Uh, the, the, the 1789 Amendment with um, Madison and congressional uh, uh, limitation of salaries, right? Madison. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't forget, don't forget the, uh, the idea that the, the strategy or, or strategies, I don't know who all was yeah. helping this cat from Texas, but I mean, that's pretty impressive what happened. I don't know oh, how that time, happened, but it's got to be some thought put into that and it happened over a period of years, but it was still a very short time considering what he did. So, yeah. All right. Peace. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Derek. That's great. Yeah, no Thanks problem. For calling no in. Problem. All right. Take care. All right. And folks, we're going to go ahead and, uh, end the night, but bring up Lance for one more, one more go. Let's, let's go Lance. What's going on, baby. Let's give it to us, baby. Give it to us. I don't know if you guys, ever entertained the possibility that my, uh-huh. uh, you know, call to arms rant was deliberate. And, was, and believe it or not, I, I'm capable of controlled debate, you know, in the sophisticated. I believe that. Debate. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Fascinating conversation. I wish I was a part of it. Okay. The founders. Yeah. Madison. So I'm, uh, yeah. so you know how it is when folks say that they're, uh, a born again non-smoker, born again non-Christian. They were in a cult. They finally got out. They want everyone to, uh-huh. you know, to get out of the cult. If they're or if they found Jesus, they want everybody to found Jesus. Well, I'm a a born again anti-Islamist. I want everyone to channel their inner Madison. Mm. Right? No factions, no party, yeah. no Green Party, no Conservative Party, no Democrats, no Working Families, no DSA, no whatever, no party. Right? Obviously, that's not yeah. going to happen. Ideally, we'd be like Europe that we created. Interestingly, right? We made sure because it was so fucked up. Let's make sure we have many parties represented. We created, in a sense, a, a neo-parliamentary yeah. system, right? In Europe, right? We made sure they had universal health care, et cetera, et cetera. They leapfrogged us, and now we're third world country. Okay, so. Let me tie everything, you know, because I, I wasn't in the conversation, right? Let me tie it all together. Alec, Chris Hedges uh-huh. was Ralph Nader's speechwriter. Oh, hell yeah. I Ralph Nader, that. Ralph Nader was a one-man Alec. It wasn't just about getting the Corvair off the assembly line. That's true. He literally wrote, like wrote, word for word, yeah. like Alec. Nader was a dozens of laws in the sixties and seventies that got passed in the Democrat in in the democratically controlled Congress, which from nineteen fifty four to nineteen ninety four. Guess how many bills were passed without a Democrat vote? 
if from 1954 to zero because they had total control of the house from 54 to 94 right they had a you know super majority or at least like you know 55 40 whatever in the senate democrats controlled everything right so whatever got good or bad all right so that was nader right that was alec right so uh you know so you know so this whole whole idea of electoral politics that was a vessel through which people okay so you know got stuff done interestingly right i'm going to throw something else in here guys right so occidental culture which means everything wet right going back to ancient egypt right you guys everything know what I mean wet occidental you know what i mean by occ occidental i don't know what that culture. means no that means everything west that means from ancient west. egypt okay 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 to ancient greece to ancient roman Right mm-hmm. to the balls and the set. Okay, now there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's Oriental culture, which is Eastern culture. Right, going okay. back to all, when you look at the pyramid, the hierarchy of power, it's like the uh, the monarchs, mm-hmm. right? Of course, it's the clergy. Okay, mm-hmm. it's uh, the knights, <laughs> like everybody else. You better pay the soldiers because right? they're part a lower echelon, but they're part of the the court, the lords, too, and, and it yeah. wasn't all kings of countries, but in whatever you know, sub. Okay, okay. Then it was the petty bourgeoisie because it wasn't mm-hmm. Walmart, right? They were just the ones that were catered because everybody had. Oh, okay, so. right, right, right. Only the politicians, you see. Uh-huh. In other words, go back to our revolution, right? American Revolution. Did we think about well, Cromwell was the 17th century. Uh-huh. Who the hell was the prime minister? We think about King George III. So, yeah, they had a parliament, but they also had a House of Lords, which was way more powerful than our Senate. They yeah, because they were lords. Okay, that's who controlled everything. So, in other words, listen to George Carlin. The vote is a joke. It's always been a joke. In other words, what it's not even about, like, this isn't even an opinion. Okay? But the politicians, mm-hmm. the politicians are, so you have, anyway, so you have the monarch, da, 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 then you have the bourgeoisie, uh-huh. then you have the politicians, then you have the proletariat, then you have whatever the slaves or the serfs. Yeah. You see? Because there were working poor. Everybody wasn't a slave that worked. There was the proletariat. There was the petty. Okay. So politicians are only one step above everybody else. And this is why George Carlin is not just saying, like, funny stuff. It's kind of acerbic stuff. He's very he knows exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, George Carlin George Carlin's basically like, he's always been one of my favorite comedians, but like, seeing how some of the shit that he said is just sort of you know, more relevant yeah, now today than it was even when he was here, and he's yeah, but he's gone for down. maybe 20 years. Yeah, was, you point. know who Frank Zappa nah, is, quite, you know who Frank yeah, Zappa, Zappa is? Frank Zappa too. Yeah, good guitar player. He's another. He's another profound twenty. Uh, you know, like second half of the twentieth century, profound thinker. Yeah, hell yeah. Vaclav Havel was going to make him his uh, minister of culture when he had the Velvet Revolution in Czechoslovakia. Did oh, you know for that? For real? Holy shit! But you That's know why cool. that he didn't get that job? He died, right? No, no, no. He died later. This was in the eighties. Oh, okay. He, because okay. remember the thing he did about anti, like it was actually Tipper Gore who wanted to put labels yeah, on records. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now listen to this. It was the wives. No offense. I'm a feminist. 
And strong mothers, okay, okay. no brothers, okay? But okay, I'm just holding on, baby. I'm holding on. Okay. okay. Now, listen to what I'm saying here, because, you know, I'm sorry, but this is a little school, because it all ties back. Okay. So, yeah. they want to do that, right? So, he so he was going to be the cultural minister. I mean, the guy's a playwright. Uh-huh. And Frank Zappa, he's kind of a libertarian. He's very anti-drug. He's outlaw drug. He would not legalize marijuana. Fuck you, Frank Zappa. Oh, you know really? what I mean? I didn't know that. So yeah, that's wild. Some kind of like, oh, well, he's a god. He plays great guitar, and he's got neat political views. No, but he, yeah. he really thought about it. And he would have been a politician anyway. So he wanted to be the only reason. And, and the thing is, is that he was a producer and he knew business people. He knew like yeah. corporate executives, in other words, because he was his yeah. own man. And that's why he was able to do all the music he did, you know, and he was a total businessman. Like I said, he's kind of a libertarian. Most great artists that you think are, wow, man, he did a, his third album was called We're Only In It For The Money. This is after all the druggies and hippies were like buying his records. He's like, yeah. fuck you. I'm only in it for the money. Yeah. Not a joke. Okay. Not that, that he's a total capitalist, but he's like, no, I'm an iconoclast like individual out of 7 billion people and I'm the most unique person, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so anyway, the, the, uh-huh. the censorship, the censorship ladies, the wives of the senators, that's Al Gore's wife, they were so yeah. pissed that they said, no, we can't let Zappa be the uh, cultural minister. The point being, it's that Frank Zappa was essentially a capitalist. In other words, it, 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 the senator, the, the, the Republican senators of the time, they were totally down with Frank Zappa. He was just a guy doing like some wild stuff, big deal. Yeah. You know I mean? Okay. He wasn't doing okay. anything. So that, we're, okay. And, Okay. You know what I mean? He wasn't trying to change the world. He wasn't Viva Zapata. He was just okay. a, a, an artist who happened Ooh. to be a good businessman. But they squelched okay. him because of some petty bullshit. What I'm saying is that the left sucks. Everybody sucks. We're all pogo. <laughs> I've seen. No, listen. I've seen I'm, the I'm, enemy. Hold on. I'm here. I'm here, baby. Let's go. I've seen Keep the going. enemy, and he is us. But let me be positive. Uh-huh. He's the best uh, 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 situation we've had for a long, 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 long time. Here's why. Christian Smalls. He might be the most important uh, union person ever. Not just in the last yeah. five years. Did you ever see anybody that just did it by partnering up with one other person? And you know what he did? Because it was Staten Island with a bunch of Trumpers. He did it do? by just, he did it by giving a pot. Tell him. Three beers. Three burgers. Tell him. Okay? Frank Zappa and rolling over in his grave right now. Go ahead. Tell yeah. him. Am I wrong, or did you guys like? Uh, are you guys talking about like uh, Fred Hampton, right? I mean, like not tonight, but I mean generally, yeah. Well, that's what Christian Small did. He yeah. didn't do anything intelligent. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Amanda is an incredibly beautiful, wonderful human being, and I, I, I <laughs> suck. Oh, oh, no, no, listen to me. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be falsely yeah. humble. I'm saying Andrew, Andrew is doing so much um, amazing stuff and so are you behind the scenes. Okay. Absolutely. You guys are doing okay. stuff that you can't even talk about, like you said, because there's people listening in, blah, blah, blah. I know that. Yeah. You see what I mean? Okay, I'm not as you, dumb man. as I sound. I'm not just Yo, Mr. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. I'm not just Mr. Ranter Lance. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. this simply Christian Smalls didn't do what he did by showing people spreadsheets. I'm sorry, he didn't do it by convincing people about socialism or about how Fred Hampton was great. He didn't. Hey, I guarantee hey, hey Lance. Lance probably, do, do you think, do you think anybody has probably, ever changed you know something? He sat outside the Staten Island warehouse. I'll finish. Give me 30 seconds. Okay. Right? 30 seconds. One, two, 
Okay. Keep Don't going. count out loud. Just okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm in my head, baby. Let's go. Okay. What he did, he said, we are pissed when they wouldn't let him do the safety stuff. And him and one person sat outside that warehouse and gave people free pot and free hot dogs and free burgers and free vegan burgers if that's what they wanted, and free soda if they don't drink, and free pot and free beer. Didn't talk to him about anything. Didn't talk to him about union. He said, yeah, this is what we're doing. And after a week and two and three and four, all of a sudden, yeah, there was people from other boroughs. But a lot of those dudes were Trumpers from Staten Island. And he convinced them by sitting there giving them free stuff, the same way the Taliban did their shit, Tammany Hall and Fred Hampton. He did it by giving people free stuff. He okay, said, so we're gonna, we're gonna give we're gonna give uh, people free stuff. Fred Hampton said that let's provide free food and free ho- uh, housing if we can free shelter, free clothing. That's what Fred Hampton uh-huh. did, that's what Mrs. Small mm-hmm. did. They didn't do it by anything fancy. Case closed. I'd love your response. Whew. I think that uh, providing an example of one thing one person did that worked doesn't negate other things that other people have done that have also worked. That's my response. It's the only thing that ever worked. It's the only thing. No, it's ever- not. <laughs> it's all about the haves and the haves. Forever. It's the have got it and the have not don't. The only thing that ever worked is uniting working people. The way Chris is small. Real quick. Real quick. I'm sorry with all due respect. You're full of shit. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. How we doing, folks? You here? You here for it? Lance is hot. Lance is hot. He's I counted to 91. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listen, didn't actually listen. Count. We're going by Lance's time. It's good. It's it's. He's hot. I just okay? made up a number we, that sounded right. I'm gonna bring him back up. I'm gonna bring him back up. But listen, Lance. Here's the problem with that argument. Just from a logical standpoint, okay. I ain't even knocking it, but this is what I'm saying. If you say that's the only way that something can get done, then all someone has to do to negate that argument is provide. One other example of people not following that method and accomplishing something and getting something done, and it negates your entire argument, just logically, right? Because you're saying, if X, if we want something X, uh, then uh, what, 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 or we can get X only if. So this is an if only if. You're saying we can get X. If and only if. Why? So the X here is you want to get something done. To get something done, we get it if and only if. Why? We give them weed and free shit. So anything that negates that. If we can show that we get something done, X by Z, by A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it negates the truth of that argument. That's just formal. That's just logic. Okay. I'm not a logic professor. I probably got a C in the class, but that's the problem with the argument. Okay. You listen to me, baby. I'm going to bring you back up, Lance. We're going to do the Lance dance. We're going to get this shit going again. I'd love to hear your response because I'm not trying to silence you, but my, my dude, I know you got good ideas. Ain't nobody saying you don't. 
But let's do this. Okay, you ready? Oh, is he here? Oh, he left. He left. Oh, man. Lance, baby. Baby, come back. You can put it all on. You can still bring him up if he's... Oh, there he is. Okay, okay, he's back. Okay, okay, here we go. Okay, Lance. Okay, so you heard me. All right, that's my response. Remember, X, if and only if Y. That's what you're arguing right now. All someone's got to show is Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We good? We good, baby? All right, Lance. Let her rip, baby. Go ahead, unmute. No, and hell no. Yeah, every... Yeah, throw everything at the wall, see what stick. Uh, many paths up the mountain. Absolutely, positively. Okay, baby. Yeah. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, electoral politics. You know. Yes. Yeah, throw something at That's you. it, baby. Yeah. Throw that. Throw that at me. I got I got my catcher's mitt. I'm, no, I got it. It's not either or. It. It's not either or. It's all of the above. Okay, <laughs> baby, there we go. Let's go, Lance. Let's go, baby. That's it. That was coalition so, building. Yes. Mm. Let me tell you, like I said, I, I happen to live. <laughs> it's funny, right? 2020. I, it's the first election. I lived with my uncle, take care of my uncle, Babu. 2020. Your uncle, Babu? Literally. Well, no, I'm saying it's the first election cycle since I moved out here. Ill, and then I started to take care of my uncle because I moved here for convenience. But there's like he needed a little, he needed someone to take care of. Anyway, I live in Trump, I live in the country. I live literally yeah. next door to a dairy farm. Hell yeah. So forget Get about, I would have to go. So the first 50 out of 50 2020 signs were Trump signs, right? I'd have to go to 100 uh-huh. signs to find two. And it was the Grateful Dead with dancing bears outside and whoever else. Then if I go actually five miles the other way, to east towards uh, Syracuse, to the other city, it was maybe 70, 30, at least 80, 20 Biden signs, whatever, you know. So, you know, and, and, and in, just by sheer chance, I've lived with upper middle class suburbia, Norman Rockwell as an early kid, like neighborhood. Uh, oh, hell yeah. In, in, our, in our inner city, like the worst of the worst neighborhood because it was the cheapest rent. I've kind of lived, you know, in every kind of socioeconomic situation, but – I'm still middle class. I'm always going to be middle class regardless of my socioeconomic status, you know. But like I was saying before, you know, it's it's all about the haves and the have nots. That's all it's ever been about. That's all it's going to be about, you know what I mean? And it's like so 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 it's like, you know, FDR was a patrician rich guy. He was one of the richest people in the country. But when he decided to help out us poor folks, he did it with zeal. He did it with honesty. You know, he didn't fuck around. You know, he yeah. took it on. Yeah. LBJ, yeah. LBJ was a racist. No, LBJ was a racist. You know what he said? Uh, is this a small enough group and I don't have a big enough platform? He said, look, man, I'm going to pass such legislation. Them niggas are going to vote for us for the next 200 years. But we're going to lose the South. Yeah. You see? They, they, in other words, LBJ did things just to put his name in the history books. Yeah, you see, yeah, uh, that's violent, true. Though. The most, the most violent, the most violent uh, unleashing by a president of troops against the populace was Abraham Lincoln against the anti-riot, uh, the riot, you know, the draft, the draft riot in New York City. Eleven hundred yeah. citizens yeah, were, were murdered. Eleven hundred citizens were murdered by uh, uh, by. Uh, 
by Lincoln. There's never been anything like that in American history. He murdered he did, Northern Knee. He murdered Northern Knee. Oh, yeah, Wounded Knee. That's true. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Wounded Knee. Andrew brought up Wounded Knee. Lincoln, Lincoln was, Lincoln was really everyone. good at massacring uh, innocent people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 but like, but like you guys were saying about the founders, it's complicated, right? It's yeah. complicated. That's right. These enlightenment dudes. Now, mm-hmm. there were people, there's a book that was actually written by a guy who was a professor at the University of Syracuse University called the Anti-Federalist Paper. So a lot of those uh-huh. guys said, no, we're voting against it. So to the argument of people that say, well, they did the best they could. No, they didn't. It was, okay, can I say something? Here, listen to this. We the people. Oh, my goodness. There's a whole screed, if you want to call it. And, you know, see, I can talk in quiet tones, right? I don't always have to rant. And these guys talked about how it's not we the several states. Literally, it was a big debate. Now, let's face it. The Constitution is not a very verbose document. Mm-mm. 200 years is pretty, pretty, pretty concise, right? So every comma, every word, whether it's capitalized or not, was pretty well thought mm-hmm. through, right? So, uh, you know, debated, you know? Yeah, and then the, the Supreme Court goes and does whatever the fuck they want with it, too. That's a crazy thing. Well, that's a whole that's different thing. That's a whole thing, yeah. Instead of, instead of we the 13 states, it actually, they wanted to list them. This was the argument. We, the state of, one, blah, 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 one to 13. Do hereby whatever. Yeah. To perform, to form a more perfect union. No, we the people. And they said, uh oh, that's yeah. it. We the people. Oh, let me, let me draw it back yeah. into modern politics, if I may. Okay. Cause old Lance, you know, actually has some thoughtful. Yeah. Let's, let's get, uh, let's well, get over to modern politics. And then, and, and then I got to wrap this up, baby. Cause it's been okay. three minutes, three okay. hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Go ahead. So let, thing, me, let, let me, let me say one thing. Lance, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the blob lobby. It's okay, baby. It's totally about Alex Hold and on. what you guys are talking about. Well, yeah, go. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I just want to say something in, su- in support of, of what Lance was saying. I don't think that it has to be, like, exactly the same recipe to bake a good cookie every time to get a movement going that can accomplish something real for the people. But what what we've all been ta- – what we've talked about, not all the time, but numerous times during the show is – well, and, and in other shows, like, how did the communists in Vietnam win massive support, even more than they already had, um, even if they had already fought for independence for years? They started stealing train loads of rice and giving it to people who were starving, most of whom were also, like, well, a lot of them were living in cities. Some of them were rice producers. But the point is, like, you people need to eat. We can steal this food. Uh, the Communist Party was at its height of popularity when it was really involved in organizing unions in the U.S., but also like, like kind of what, what Lance was talking about with Christian Small success, it can't just be mm-hmm. like a dry conversation about politics, even if it's all entirely like relevant to somebody's immediate context in their life. And it's like, this is where you're losing money, where your boss is fucking you over, where, you know, the landlord right. is fucking you over, this, that, and the other thing. Like if there's absolutely never a barbecue and like, drugs and alcohol involved for a little bit of fun or just like soccer or it doesn't have to be boozy and marijuana type of stuff. But you know what I mean? Like there, there should always be an analysis of this can't just be a, like a DSA meeting <laughs> for right. not to be an asshole, but like, right. or, or an extinction rebellion, you know, whatever. Like, right, 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 um, right, right. There has to be 
some conviviality and good vibes going around that have nothing to do with politics. And it doesn't even need to be cynical. It doesn't even need to be cynical. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to trap them with a barbecue. It's just like, well, people enjoy doing this. And also, I want to help these people. Look, like the whole point, like, and I've said this before, but the, the whole thing that I'm, that I like about doing this is I, I just want to make it easier for everyone to fucking get together and form communities because I feel like, uh, you know, as a positive nihilist, that's, that's the only thing really worth doing more than anything in life, uh, is creating those connections that you make with people, uh, enjoying the time that you have here with those that you love and who love you and all that you, you know, woo, woo, woo. Uh, so like, yes, like there's, uh, there's a tendency for politics to get so far away from people. Am I on a mic? Are you what? Do I love you? Lance? No, no, no. You guys are so beautiful. Yeah, you know what you. I mean? Mr. Mr. Like I'm excoriating everybody. You guys are so beautiful. You know what I mean? Thanks, and it's like, yeah, just to throw this in 10 seconds, but then go back and then maybe I'll come back. But, Ralph Nader, Nyperk. The first thing I ever got involved with on the left with mm-hmm. Nyperk, New York Public Interest Research. Hell yeah. It had nothing to do with politics. It was about Hell yeah. Bring it back, Lance. For sure. And it was about getting it back. And they're still back. here. And it was. And then I got like totally soured. So it's like, I, now here's a book. Like, now it's positive again. But I'm sorry, BD. I didn't mean. No, to- it's good, baby. It's good. Lance, you get excited, man. I love it. I love that. Uh, you. You, you, you got a lot of passion, man. I'm, I'm never gonna knock that ever. But like, I was just saying some stuff about like I want friends and I want to be friends with people. <laughs> that's that's really it. I think we should be. I think making friends and making connections is is really special. Um, because somehow, uh, can I be your friend? Yeah, I think. I think Could I throw in something like way positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I throw in something like amazingly positive for oh, a second? Yeah. Bring it, Lance. <laughs> at the right. That, no, no, but that's why I mentioned, like, I was mentioning Nyperg, and that was great, right? But then I, even at the time, <laughs> the, the guy that ran it, and he was great. He ran it for, like, 20 years, and they really got some stuff passed or whatever. Because New York's very corrupt. We're about 50, we're about number one corrupt. Three men in a room all the yeah. time. It's really hard to get shit passed, believe it or not. It's worse than Mississippi or Alabama. Or anyway. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, there's this thing going on. The guy that ran it would go to the various groups of Syracuse and Albany uh-huh. and New York. And there was only four. We won. And it was like, he was talking about this thing. It was like, I think it was a teacher's union. They're all split. Oh, Jesus, but left is a real mm-hmm. thing. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't belong to any organized political party. I'm a mm-hmm. Democrat. Right. Um, oh my God. You Right, but so 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 anyway, yeah. here it is, yeah. right? Okay, and Lance Nader and, and and all these people and Alex, right? So here's the bottom line, right? It's as far as getting stuff passed. I like direct action, mutual aid, but to the extent that we're gonna do electoral politics, give me thirty seconds, literally. Okay, please, down. baby, because uh, not your boy this needs is a, a nap. on the left. Okay, this is a, listen, though, this is a spam on the left by progressives. A hundred million people or you know or a million people put in put a hundred dollars into a pot that's a hundred million dollars it's called the blob lobby in other words there's no oh what are we going to offer you yeah oh we're going to do everything on the progressive agenda only aoc gave it to like corporate blah, blah, blah. 
So in other words, no. What if we took a hundred million dollars? In other words, a million people with a hundred dollars each. And we had 10 issues and we're going to put 10 million into some grassroots lobbying. You get my point. Yeah. So in other words, it's not about, it's not, it's called a blob lobby and it's the best scam. It's like Sanders is a shepherd. His job was to shepherd as many progressives away from a third party to make sure that Biden got elected. He did it in 2016. He did a better job in 2020. Hmm. Damn. Okay. People were more pissed in 2016 and then in 20. I'm sorry. You got to listen to Chris Hedges and people like that. Okay. Chris Hedges is a real Listen to one, Cynthia yeah. McKinney. Yeah. You yeah. see? Well, Lance, thank well, you so how about much, Cynthia man. McKinney? Thank you so much, my dude. I, 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 you know I, I, know? I, so I do. I do. Bottom but line, I, I, well, I got to go. Guys, you uh, know? Yeah. All right, guys. I, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, man. For real. I, 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 and I'm sorry to, to rush everyone out, but I just checked the time and had a little bit of a fucking panic attack because I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot I'm an hour ahead where I'm at. And I got work to do before work tomorrow. And I got to go back to my capitalist ass life. But Lance, you're a gem. Call in anytime, my dude. Thank you. Thanks again for calling, man. Uh, yeah, well, anybody wants to come over, I'm going to start a new room here. Hell yeah. Of, you should go over to Lance's room as soon as he starts. Andrew, it. and so, you know, if you want to come over yeah. and talk. Y'all go start. Get over to Lance's room. Not my room. It's everybody's room. That's right. Room, it's every, that's right. No, no, right. no. I'm a, I'm a total Democrat. Get over right? to the lady. Hey, book, man. Thank uh, you, guys. That was a great, 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 great conversation. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Lance. Thank you so thank much, you, man. Great combo. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thank you. And then, Andrew, my dude, uh, thank you so much for calling in. Shelly, all y'all, all you beautiful people who call in. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, I always have so much fucking fun doing this shit, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I have a blast it is so much fun i don't know why it's so much fun y'all make it real fun uh it's great i i i have so much fucking fun with this i can't believe this is going to be a short episode remember it's been three and a half hours i don't know why this keeps happening it's (laughs) it's because you way overindulged me and left me as a speaker all this time it was great though it was really nice and and by the way everyone be on the lookout andrew and i we've talked about it we we still got to coordinate some more but we're going to be coordinating on a on an episode of the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites and then uh, his show, um, uh, which is still no context, right? Or do you have a different uh, show? Now? I think it's called New Alignment. New Alignment. I'm so sorry. New Alignment is the name of the no, show. You're all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The New Alignment. I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. If, if you don't, if, if y'all have never checked out the show, it's great. He, I really like Andrew, how many people, different kinds of people you have on talking about different worldly perspectives. I've seen you host call-in rooms that go for literally eight hours, which I, how, <laughs> how, I don't understand. I, I had a lot of help from Shelly. Yeah. She, and, Shelly, uh, yeah. Shelly covered my ass for a minute while I had to do some other shit. Yeah, yeah. And then well, I let it get out of hand. That's yeah, how I did that. I just didn't moderate that, it well. That's how it goes with this, honestly. <laughs> it's like you could just keep, you know, people have so much good stuff to say, and it's it's nice to be connected with them and everything. Um but yeah, everyone, please check out the new alignment show too. go see Lance's room, go support the dude, man. You know, like it's, I've had a lot of fun with all this shit. Uh, you all are the best. Uh, Andrew will coordinate on that episode. Uh, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give my usual <clears throat> sort of sign off to everybody for today. Uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. Like, look, it's, um, You, people are pissed. 
(laughs) And when the people pissed are the same liberals who were calling Brianna Joy Gray some kind of like right wing fascist or whatever and, and saying that Bernie Sanders can't win and their whole argument was electability for Joe Biden. And now they've conceded that point. They said, what the fuck are you doing, Joe Biden? Uh, I think that is a moment to tell people why the, why it's not working, to give them explanations, to people are going to be hungry for this. You know, I think people are going to be hungry. I mean, like, look, uh, the fact that I'm matching with leftists on Hinge is showing that people are hungry. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The fact that people are out here uh, dating and being like, yeah, I'm a communist. It's like, uh, baby, that's something in the water. There's something in the water, okay? We should be cognizant of that while it's happening, okay? And we should we should do something while this situation is what it is. Because look, the, the system will collapse in on itself if it continues. But I've always said my biggest fear with that is that I I strongly believe that the same conditions that can lead to socialism or, uh, you know, communism or, or a more leftist sort of politics for actually for the people are the same sort of conditions that can lead to fascism. And that can lead to some really foul shit. All right. I don't want that. We have harder explanations to give people. We have the advantage that our explanations actually make sense. They actually follow, like they, they actually explain the shit as opposed to, you know, fascists who are just like this group or that group is bad. Their advantage is that their explanation is easier to digest, but it's just wrong. It's wrong, you know, and Fascism, too, is a death cult. I forget who said that, but it's it's true. Once they don't have any other enemies, it just collapses in on itself. It's it's it's. And if the people who are in the professional managerial class, too, like myself, if I'm going around talking to these, you know, these lawyers and these people and they're like, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the worst thing that's ever happened to this country. (laughs) Bro, that is something, okay? Something's wrong. I can feel it, okay? We, we Let's not let that moment go by. Talk to people. Uh, as Lance was kind of saying, too, don't be afraid to reach across the aisle. And, and coordinate with each other. I think it's so fucking badass that Amanda did that spreadsheet. That's one of the coolest, like, that shit is gangsta as fuck. I don't care what anyone says. That is fucking G. That is so G. Okay. Uh, you all see each other in the chat and everything. You know, we, Shelly's always out here doing something. I think, I think we, this can be a moment. This really could be a moment. And, you know, take it from a positive nihilist like myself who would not bring a side to the barbecue. I'll bring the whole barbecue. What does that mean? That's what you're asking. What does that mean? Well, you know what it means? It means uh, the stakes being what they are. 
you could feed the people. I don't know. I'm trying to make it work, guys. <laughs> I think it's fine. Look, <laughs> it's happening. Okay, it's happening. Don't don't like like pay attention to what's actually happening when when I'm telling you that even you see the poll numbers, you see that people are hungry for something. I say we. Whether or not we really even care about electoralism or not, I think we have to provide uh, an alternative message, and it's got to be big. It's got to be out there. I think Bernie's crazy for saying that he's not going to run again. I think he is old and, you know, like, whatever. But saying that he's not going to run against Biden now, now is the time to do it, Bernie. And Bernie, you're going to die, like all of us. Like, wouldn't you rather die trying to, you know like actually trying to shift the balance of power in a way that's going to help the generations after. I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, but we got to do something. We have to put the messages out there because people are going to be looking for explanations in the same way that many of us were after Obama's presidency, where it just seemed like we got the same shit under like a cooler version, like a cool guy who was very good at speaking. And that's, you know, we can't let people have that same kind of disappointment over and over again when they're hungry for something real. And this is a nice little window that we got here. I say we use it and you don't have to be anything more than what you are and who you are already to make that shit happen. You know, I'm not trying to be on some positive, uh, you know, motivational speaker shit, but stop thinking that you're not enough. Like, you, you, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter if you're enough or not. Like, look at the guy who's president. <laughs> That's all you got to think, okay? The fact that any one of us in this room probably would have been a better president than the last two fucking presidents of the United States means that we don't have to have – it doesn't matter anymore, okay? The, the fact that you're not enough is an illusion that's used to, to keep you from actually participating because they want to have you complacent. That's what I believe. Be the flawed, be, be, you know, let history decide what it wants to about each and every one of us. I don't care. I don't care about that part. I care about like, what can we do to give people housing, healthcare, and a say, some command over their time, some command over their fucking lives. And when people are this disenchant, uh, disenchanted with the system as it is, it's a time to it's a time to recruit, baby. So that's all I got to say. You are the best. I've had a good time. Uh, I got to go work. <laughs> all right. I'll see you next week at the uh, Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Take it easy.